is up, bros? I'm Caleb. And I'm Jonathan. And we are a couple of bros on a mission to give you guys the most detailed movie reviews out there with as little bias as possible. Welcome to the All Bros. This week we are joined by none other than Mikey T from Failing Hollywood. Mikey, you want to say hi? What's up, guys? Hell yeah. Um, so yeah, Mikey's here to talk or with us to talk about one new movie coming out in 4K Spotlight. Um, and then we are going to get right into our breakdown of Asteroid City. Um, so yeah, without further ado, let's uh, let's say we get into it. Need motivation? Angry Dad Podcast. Trying to jumpstart your life? Angry Dad Podcast. You want help getting off the couch? Angry Dad Podcast. You need a verbal kick in the ass? Angry Dad Podcast. You want to hear from somebody who's been through it all? Angry Dad Podcast. I am here for you. You can find me on all podcast platforms. That reminds me, uh, seeing uh, Angry Dad Ben Bowman right there go off in there. Um, this week, we just made you guys a whole bunch of like bumpers and ads and stuff like that. That's like show specific to you. So I'm going to send you those. And they're, I think they're pretty fun. <laughs> Sweet, dude. I've, wow. heard, I've had yours like set up like I ha- like I have like a whole video, like exactly what I did for for Ben, like ready for to go. <laughs> Yeah, no, we, just, yeah, we got, I, I, I got a, and you can, I think like we just got a bunch thrown in that we just kind of like riffed a little bit. I mean, a lot of them are just like, is he Jonathan or is he Rose? But uh, and it gets, <laughs> Johnny Rose, <laughs> you know? but we, we kind of have fun and just riff on him. So I'm just going to send you all of them and then you can just pick your favorite and throw in there. Perfect. Dude, that's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Oh, well, uh, starting off in 4K. Hi. (laughs) Uh, Oh, balls. And also welcome to the show, Caleb's (laughs) daughter. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) What's going on, Sam? Hello, Sam. Yeah. Sam is easily our number one fan out there yeah definitely oh, cool i mean beautiful Sorry. picture beautiful picture right <laughs> seriously it's yeah. gorgeous i know it's like his face on a little person's body pole dancing or something Long looks like it, yep <laughs> yeah oh yeah so first up um in 4k in 4k spotlight um and I have that set up. There we go. We got Rose. If you want to take this, I'm pretty Sorry. struggling today, but <laughs> dude, I freaking struggled. I didn't even have it up yet. Yeah. Across the spider verse is coming out. <laughs> yes. So you want to walk us through? I would love to. What's happening with that? Um, so yeah, so Spider-Man across the spider verse is coming out this Tuesday. Um, arguably the, uh, best animated film of the year. Uh, I don't know, Mikey. Have you seen it? No, but I didn't see the original one either. Um, I, I, I think what? it goes into just me not being a huge Marvel guy. But everybody says, regardless, I should see the, these ones. <laughs> I honestly would agree with them. Like, I, I get like, like not Marvel's become stale, but just like it's it's gotten a little too much. But right. I don't know. I, I feel like these Spider-Man movies are, they definitely stand out above the crowd. Okay. 
So. Yeah, it's 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 on my list just because um, yeah, Nick Cage plays the Spider Man Noir, I guess, in the in the first one. So, <laughs> and, yeah, and, no, we're, he and we're doing that that Nick Cage breakdown. So that's why it's like on my must see list still. Even no, though that's it's fair. Part, but uh, yeah. But yeah, so I think if I once I get because there's only two of them, right? It's like that one and then this one. Yeah, and then freaking, I found it. It was crazy that like Sony was saying, "Oh yeah, the uh, the next one, the third one's gonna come out next year." And then like a month ago, they're just like, "Yeah, no, we're gonna take that off of our uh, our schedule, and we have no idea when that's gonna come out." Well, but it's gonna come out, so it's it's then it's a writer strike thing. It's a writer yeah. strike. Music, well, I don't know if it was music. a writer strike, just because even before the writer strike, um, animators were coming out and saying we barely even started animating the third one so there's no way that we can even get close uh to what uh the date that sony is saying that beyond the spider-verse is coming out i'm pretty sure the animators went on strike recently i mean they, that could be over too or, or they're trying to unionize I'm, i think they're trying okay. to unionize so that's okay. that's separate i guess but they're they're trying to organize to unionize because i don't think that they're part of a union and they get paid like shit <laughs> yeah i mean dude, i don't blame them for like the shit that they said that they went through with barely even like barely making the cutoff to get this movie out like yeah i don't blame them for going on strike they went through so much hell trying to get this thing complete yeah. i mean but like there's i don't know any movie or tv show that isn't being pushed at this point because of all that and i it could be all i'll be the same reason but no, that's a good point strike or whatever it's like skeleton crew just got pushed another few months also which i'm kind of disappointed about yeah. oh man I mean, it sucks as someone that likes to consume content, but like good for them. Like, I, I would rather wait until I know that the people that are bringing those, that content are being treated fairly and actually get a good product than That's having true. something rushed and yeah. have that guilt like. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's really the, the that's really the point. Um Regardless, it's also because then we finally get to the point where content's starting to run out and they're going to start slipping because up until now, Netflix and shit has been like, ah, well, we saved so much money and we're, we've are we been dropping so much content still. It's like, yeah, they're going to run out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude, I'm, I'm in a... I'm, ca- I'm like do, catching up on all these shows that I've been wanting to watch. <laughs> like for a while or just like older shows that I'm watching with less than legal <laughs> methods. Yeah. But it's, shows. like it's, what shows? Um, you guys are probably gonna think I'm lame, but <laughs> have you ever heard of a uh, Shaolin showdown? <laughs> no, Neither it's an, an, it's an animated show from like, I wouldn't say like way back when, but it was on, it was on WB. Um, it was like on the same channel that like the, the Adventures of Jackie Chan was on. Oh, um, like right. Code Lyoko. It's it's like just a show that I feel like slid under the radar. I remember it being so good. I've been rewatching that and it's just it holds up like surprisingly well. <laughs> well, that's cool. And so I've been, yeah. I've been rewatching well, awesome. that. Um, but yeah, like I I'm pretty much caught up on all the other shows I've been wanting to watch. Like I've been watching like the bear. Oh, um, I still need to watch that. Me too. I've seen the dude. first two episodes, I think. <laughs> oh man, dude. Like th- that show, at least the first season, like 
continually kept getting me worked up because it like just throws on like the restaurant stress on you right like so hard and you start to feel it and i think that's a big part of why i liked it so much is because i like when a show can make me feel things like that <laughs> yeah but i i Fair. i could usually like with shows i could just binge them all and be good to go but that one I I could do two max and like I had to take a break because I'm like like my I could feel my blood pressure rising. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, wow. Yeah, I believe that. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean this the slowdown is uh I'm okay with. <laughs> yeah. At least until people figure shit out. And not like the people that are working, the the higher ups. <laughs> I mean they're talking. They're talking, so I mean, it's hopefully there. A new deal came onto the table like a for a freaking week ago, and the writers aren't satisfied with it still. So it's it's, but they're not really leaving the room yet. So that's a good sign. They're keep bringing okay. it back and keep talking about it. And uh, apparently, the deal that was put on the table for the this is for the writers, not SAG yet. So after they finish SAG, they're going to the move to the table with the writer. I mean, the, the, with, with SAG. Um, so the deal with the writers right now is. I guess I it was pretty good, but there's still like key components that weren't reached uh, in it that they still want them to touch on. I think that's like minimum in the writers' rooms and stuff like that. So where you can have like a show like uh, Game of Thrones, and you still only have to hire one other person full time in the writers' room, which is like kind of fucked up on a show like that. Like yeah, there's way too many elements to have one writer and release an episode weekly. You know what I mean? Shit like that. So they're trying to adjust stuff like that of a show of a certain budget to have minimums in the room. There's some other stuff too. Like uh I, I think the residuals and the AI problems is drifting further away. I think they're starting to settle that shit. So that's like the key components. <laughs> well that's good. Yeah, yeah that's good. Mm. I'm ready to work. So anyway, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet. Yeah, I've I've been hearing a bunch of people talking about like part-time jobs that they've picked up just to like make ends meet, and how much that freaking blows. Yeah, that's what I'm doing right now. I'm delivering um, blueprints to construction sites for a printing company. So. Mm -hmm. Fun. <laughs> this sounds fun. I mean, it sounds it's, super fun. It's uh, if I sat at home, I would go crazy though. So it, it's better than just sitting at home. It, it's and at least I don't really have to do anything like mentally. It's just here it is. Drive this over there. Cool. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. But anyway, so anything else on this one, Rose, or? Oh yeah, sorry. There, there's quite a bit. <laughs> sorry, I kind of got off on a tangent. Um, so, so first we got just the regular 4K uh, release of Spider Verse. Uh, next up, we have just the regular Blu-ray. Oh. Um, I think I kind of like the 4K better. I don't know. I like though. the Blu-ray art better. Yeah? yeah. It is really cool. I think I like the best of um coming up. There, there's a Target exclusive. It was one of the posters. And honestly, I kind of wish it was on the steel book or one of the steel books. Mm. But, but so that's the regular Blu-ray. Uh, here is the Walmart exclusive steel book. I like that one. It is cool. Uh, the Target exclusive. I actually wish that this was on a steel book. I freaking love. I, I, I don't that. know. I, I I just love that poster. 
why are they why are they blu-ray dvd and digital why are they still putting dvds in these things it's the only way to sell them i guess <laughs> okay i was actually you know i find fun um i've been actually like thinking of this uh recently like every single time that i go to uh uh, every time I go to uh, Best Buy now on Tuesdays, they are the only retailer that doesn't carry the DVD of a new release. You have to order that online now. Walmart and Target still do, but Best Buy, you have to order the DVD online. They oh, they are just yeah, they're just strictly sticking to 4K and Blu-ray now, which I don't blame them. Yeah. Um, because I'm I'm sorry, DVD, I'm shocked is still actually being produced being produced like at this point it should be obsolete. But yeah. whatever. At Walmart, they always end up like I don't care what movie it is. They always end up ending up in that five dollar giant bucket in the middle of the aisle. That you have exactly, to to dude. Straight yeah. up, <laughs> dude. I feel like it's hard to even find a a DVD player that doesn't run Blu-rays. That's true. Like, I don't know if they're if they're still out there. I know you can get them at like thrift stores and whatnot, but and like, maybe it will be the case. Purchasing like, new, yeah, because VHS or VCRs now um, are like stupid expensive on eBay. Like you have to like dig. So maybe DVD players will be like that eventually. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not. That's going to be very interesting. In 4K or Blu-ray player though. Yeah, that's fair. Because I swear I mean, you can yeah. still go to Walmart and like get a DVD player for like twenty to thirty bucks. I bet, probably, dude. I got one from Walmart, uh, a, a DVD player for that much, and I, it came with like it was Blu-ray accessible. Really? Oh, damn. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Like it. It was freaking nuts. <laughs> and then I went to like a freaking three. I actually paid more for a dual like a DVD slash VCR player than I did for a DVD player that can also play Blu-rays. Hmm. I never thought I'd live in a world that that's the case, but okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Freaking freaking nuts. <laughs> uh, and then uh, last but not least, uh, the Best Buy exclusive steelbook. Mm. Ooh, that's my favorite. <laughs> right. It's, it's pretty damn cool. Like I will fully admit, um, but you see, I like I. If if I were to choose the um, steelbook um, art, I would put the Target exclusive, the that that type of artwork. Just I loved that poster when they first released it, um, and so I would just love to see that on a steelbook. But I'm not in charge of these designs. I wish I was. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we were always able to come up with some, at least with ones that are like really lame. Are usually able to come up with something better. <laughs> yeah, not <laughs> at wrong. least on the spot. <laughs> no, because like like you pointed out last week, most studios nowadays they'll literally just slap like the the character posters uh, on each side of the steelbook, and then just like a bland um, image inside. Yeah, usually like a freaking screenshot from the movie, and that's just lazy. It is. No, it really is. Um, yeah. so when freaking studios go above and beyond with this, like actual like artwork. Um, freaking love that shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, for Mikey, I don't know if you listened to us last week, but we were we were saying that like something studios should like try doing if they're gonna go basic bitch with like the covers, is at least like on the insides, like hire some sort of like independent artist 
like get a commission from them or get something commissioned, slap it on the like on the inside of the cover so it's a little bit more like on the unique side. <laughs> I think I think they just need to start being creative with them. Period. I mean, there's like I have the steel book for like reservoir dogs, and it's literally like a it's like a gasoline can. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that's the type of like creativity you need to get. Like it even has like a pop top yeah. that comes off the top and, and you do a stuff. Oh, that's or like awesome. what is it? Or like like I mean, this is way back, like the cassette, I don't know, like when Indian in the cupboard came out, they had like the cassette open, but you could flip the insert backwards and it could be a cupboard and it came with like a little toy that you could put in like that shit was dope. Like that's the type of creativity Seriously. you need to start thinking with this shit, like make it a whole thing that represents the movie itself and, and, and like something more than a graphic, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dude, I freaking remember that cut or that case. Cause me, yeah. me and my brothers, we had that movie and we t- <laughs> we freaking lost the case eventually because we were we started playing with the the damn case like a, a toy and then we like lost yeah. it or broke or something happened and it got tossed so we only had indian in the cupboard like on the vh like a open vhs but i think i have it on the wall here somewhere i was like i'm trying to it's gonna take me forever to find it Dude, oh, that yeah, movie I, I, is a freaking throwback. Like, yeah, that's a damn good movie. <laughs> it was a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, they, they need to get a little bit more creative. Totally. Like, take a more artistic route. Yeah, seriously. You can write a full movie. You can come up with something for a case for it. <laughs> exactly. Although Absolutely. I don't know how much longer physical media is going to be around, so... True. Unfortunately, I don't know if there's there is even a point. Yeah, and that pains me to say. Yeah, I don't know how much they're making off these anyway. Enough to still do that's, them, but it can't be too crazy. That's true. I mean, honestly, I'm like shocked when like a movie that was clearly a box office bomb gets like so many different exclusives. It's yeah. like really you're you're willing to like shell out the amount of money it takes for you to produce these, even though your movie didn't even make half half what it was what it cost to to produce like i don't know just well, it's probably because they amazing. know they can rely on freaking diehards or people that like collect steel books and shit are you calling me out i am absolutely <laughs> calling you out <laughs> uh, all right fair enough you got a point um yeah that that that's all i got for 4k so yeah spider-man across the spider-verse <laughs> Well, sweet. Um, but yeah, like we said, we did not have anything for through the wall. Uh, so without further ado, uh, let's say we get into this freaking breakdown of Asteroid City. Let's do it. like we said we will be breaking down asteroid city this week um if oh we did ask a question of the week we got a few responses um so the question that we asked is what's the craziest alien related story that you know of um i probably should have been more specific i was thinking like more like real aliens 
Oh, what? I, <laughs> like that, that's what I like. I was initially thinking, but I, I, I recognize now that it was a very open-ended question yeah. <laughs> and coming from a movie <laughs> review podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, we'll just go ahead and go through these, uh, the answers that we got. The first one um, is coming from Stan Lee, the goat uh, who said aliens, 1979. Not too crazy uh, though. I mean, it's OG story. Yeah. yeah. I, I will be a hundred percent honest. I haven't seen any of the alien movies. Oh man. Neither have, neither have I. Oh man. I uh, know we suck. I know. Right, man. Caleb, yeah. we're canceled. Dude, which is oh, crazy because no. like you guys my, just my hate wife... women, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> yep, yeah. <laughs> guys just don't want to support Sigourney Weaver, huh? <laughs> hey, oh, I, hey, my... go, I know she's not a main, you know, main character in it, but Ghostbusters is my favorite movie, so I'm still supporting her, right? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever makes you feel better. <laughs> I mean, it helps yeah, me they... feel better a little bit. No, the alien series is is like my wife's favorite. So I'm surprised she hasn't like made me sit down and watch it because she keeps talking about it. She keeps saying like, oh, I need to see all the aliens. And then she wants me to watch all the predators um, only because of like I watched the, the 20, I think it was 2018 predator movie. And like, I thought that one was OK. I thought there was some weird shit, but I was like, I mean, it was all right. I thought Prey was sick. Right. Um, yeah, Prey was really good. So you guys yeah, are watching so she, all that stuff. I mean, the alien movies are way better than the predator movies too. Okay. Like, I mean, I remember, like, I remember, um, alien versus predator when, it, when it came out only specifically because Freddy versus Jason came out around the same time. So like everyone was going crazy for that one. And I'm just like, well, why is no one given any love for Freddy versus Jason? <laughs> that that yeah, was me I as mean, a kid. Just like for the basis of like, I mean, if you look at just the history of aliens, it's like, Alien was a Ridley Scott movie. So like this just infamous, amazing director that almost anything he puts out is gold. Then Aliens, the sequel comes out and who else does that? James Cameron. So it's like you have amazing director after amazing director, like putting their craft into this crazy alien horror movie. You know what I mean? So I, I think those reasons alone are why it's like worth checking out, you know? Fair enough. That's fair. We are going to, I am going to like sit down and eventually do all those. And maybe we'll, I'll make like an alien versus predator week or a couple weeks on, on our TikTok. I think, I think my brother looked at it and he's like, there's like, if you do all the predator and alien movies, it's like 14 movies or something like that. It's like stupid Jeez. insane. Yeah. Holy <laughs> shit. Yeah. I could be over exaggerating, but it's, it's up there. I mean, I wouldn't Dude, surprise I me. Like, mad respect for to him for doing the the movie challenges like he's doing <laughs> like when he he came back and was saying that he watched like all the fast and furious movies i was like holy shit yeah like <laughs> i'm 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 really because I, I half half the suggestions that he's getting in are coming from me and i'm just I'm trying to give him like the scrape of the barrel is like dude put all the anaconda movies on there it's like oh it's like fuck yeah. dude you gotta put tremors you gotta watch all the tremors 
<laughs> like, you fucking have to. <laughs> oh my god. It's like amazing. As like the after the first one, they kind of died. But I mean, the last Tremors movie that came out, they did it in like Thailand or some shit. <laughs> it's like you gotta watch a tremors man like so he's gonna he's gonna hit some dog soon (laughs) yeah he's been knocking out like a lot of the good ones oh yeah um but yeah it's it's (laughs) really his own fault though because he didn't really i mean i was his brother and he still didn't see most of the classics like the fact that he hadn't seen any of the jurassic park movies before this this past month is like absurd to me because i've seen those original three close to a hundred times. And there's, I, it blows me away that he's, he was around the house and hasn't didn't even like see it over my shoulder or anything. I mean, granted, I guess he was like 10 when I moved out, but still. Yeah. Well, I mean that, that I, I think that's just a younger brother thing. Cause like my younger brothers, like I, stuff I know I watched, like they haven't seen. Yeah. And I'm like, ha- like even because me and my brother were only four years apart or me, between me and my youngest. And and there's a bunch of stuff that he's, he's like, oh, I've never seen that. And I'm like, how I have. And I remember watching it at home. Yeah. <laughs> and he's he's like, I probably didn't watch it because you were watching it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, fair. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, so, yeah, we got. uh aliens 1979 so rose uh we only got like a few so we'll just jump back and forth all right Uh, i'm gonna go with jacob marks 80 mars attacks i freaking love that movie yeah that movie doesn't get enough love Dude, that movie scared the shit out of me when I was young. <laughs> Dude, freaking um, Spirit Halloween um, showcased all their animatronics for this year, and they actually did one of the aliens, or yeah, one of the Martians uh, for this. For um, they're like, wow, English. Hmm. They they it, it is. Thank you. Um, they did uh, one of the Martians as uh, one of their animatronics for this season, and. Like it's not perfect. Like they they did miss some um key uh attention to detail, but it still looks pretty damn cool. Oh man, dude! I remember watching that over my grandpa's shoulder when we were visiting him one time when I was like, I want to say seven or eight, and I was also like. Just so you guys get a feel for the type of household I grew up in. <laughs> um, my dad practically raised us on Westerns. So oh, John cool. Wayne movies, like that was like the main staple in our house. So it was John Wayne movies and like whatever Pixar Disney movies eh, were coming out at the time. So anytime we'd call, I like I'd say that a movie was fake or like made a comment, my dad would say, Oh no, like these movies are real. And so I just started thinking like all movies are real. <laughs> oh, oh, and then, God. yeah. And so there was like, so Mars attacks. No. <laughs> yeah. So now like, I, I, I think like I knew to a point that it, it wasn't, but it was still like, like at that point, I, cause my dad had to explain to me that movie, all movies aren't real. 
because I had I was watching um the Punisher. There was like a Punisher movie uh that came out and there was this dude with piercings that and he was like getting tortured and like getting them ripped out and whatnot. And so I was like again watching that from behind my dad's back and I like he like kind of like started moving so i ducked behind the couch and then i like peeked up and saw what was happening to this dude and then like ducked down and then all i hear is him screaming and i'm like (laughs) it's seared into my brain like like just like oh my gosh and so i freaking like bounced and it was like having issues with it so my dad explained to me movies are fake yeah and so i knew at by the time I, i got to like sneak watching mars attacks <laughs> i knew that movies were fake but i was like it was f- still fresh <laughs> right and so I, like i still hadn't like f- fully accepted that <laughs> yeah and so i like ha- I, I, I sat there watched it for a minute got totally freaked out and then i remember sitting in my grandpa's like guest room just like okay it's fake it's fake <laughs> it's fake <laughs> I thought you were going to say you uh, immediately downloaded the song that they use uh, to kill the Martians on your iPod. Oh my God. <laughs> Just in case. <laughs> oh yeah. I, so yeah, it took, it took a, a hot minute for me to like, it took a while before I was just, uh, like, Oh yeah, this is fake. <laughs> Dude. I'm glad I didn't grow up with that shit. Imagine if I grew up thinking that like freaking like Halloween child's play. Nightmare on Elm Street was real. Oh hell no! Yeah, I need therapy. I would need years of therapy. (laughs) I woke up one time in my or not woke up. I think I walked in as like a super little kid, and my dad was watching a movie. I think it was called Serial Killer or something like that, and it was like where just kids were just getting murdered off and guts were being pulled out and like a school and some shit. And it like scarred me for a long time. I was just thinking about that the other day. I was like, I feel like I probably couldn't even watch that movie again because it would probably like bring back trauma. (laughs) Like, dude, understandable. Yeah. (laughs) Dude, that's something I love about movies. Cause like, if you have like a guttural reaction like that, to a movie like that freaking sticks with you forever. Yeah. Like I, I, I will still go back and like rewatch that Punisher movie every now and then. And when that scene comes around, I feel like exactly how I did when I was young. <laughs> I, I feel like sick to my stomach. Like, like I have to like force myself to get through it and just like taking deep breaths. <laughs> yeah. Just like, okay, okay. It's fake. <sighs> <sighs> <laughs> Like it's a, it's a freaking process. And then I get through that scene and I'm fine. But like, I, it's weird. Cause it's like, I've seen worse shit than that. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, eh, whatever. But that <laughs> scene comes along. Like it doesn't even show anything. Right. <laughs> and, and then I'm like, I'm back to that scene and I'm like back to that little kid behind the couch, just like flipping out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but dude it's so funny um gosh this is another side tangent but i've my dad like his idol is freaking john wayne and i remember bringing up that gacy i'm just kidding no (laughs) sorry (laughs) i had to i'm sorry Um, yeah i remember bringing up that maybe john wayne isn't as cool as we think he is and he's like 
he got like super upset about it and you like have you ever even heard of east clint eastwood (laughs) yeah and i'm like cool like yeah he portrays a lot of badass characters but you need to think like in the end he's basically just a theater kid (laughs) yeah that's true like and you used to like beat those guys up (laughs) yeah it's true it's true when people talk about de niro it's the same thing yeah like he's (laughs) exactly I mean, I wouldn't talk about Pesci though, because didn't he like, didn't he like hire somebody to like kill someone or some shit? <laughs> I th- or maybe that's allegedly not. Not <laughs> yeah, Mar- I think that's No, that's Harry. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's just like shit like that, where it's like, oh, like this dude's such a badass. I'm like, is he though? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Uh, next response comes to us from Jackson, uh, who just said Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, fair. <laughs> I yeah, love it. Like, if there's an alien among us, it's freaking him. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it was probably Elon Musk more so. Have you seen what that guy looks like? <laughs> Dude, they're both funky yeah, looking. They're both funky. Yeah, like, they, could they both, are. They, Maybe that's why they have like beef. They're just like feuding alien races. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, and Musk named his kid like or something like that. What the hell? Like a okay. five weird symbol seven seven <laughs> Yeah, and then I what was it? The state of California is like you can't put numbers in a name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's a great response. That is. Yeah. And then we got a response from Failing Hollywood. That's right. Um, what did I say? Evolution. Definitely one of the best alien stories of all time. Um, fictional, obviously, because I guess specifications, right? Yeah. <laughs> just for Caleb. Just for Caleb. Yeah, just for me. <laughs> yeah. Evolution is I, I didn't get to see that until I was an adult, and that that movie is the shit. Yeah. Evolution's a fun movie. <laughs> Feel bad, I've never seen it. What was the I'm other sorry. movie I put? It was uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Killer Space. Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Yeah, can't forget that. Love that movie. If aliens came down and there were just a bunch of clowns, like I think that would be the most scariest situation. Freaking cocooning Dude, you in cotton candy for the game. Uh, that looks like, really you, good. Oh, right, right. The right. game looks freaking awesome. It's going to be terrifying. Very. Yeah. But like, have you, it's going to be like a three on, I think seven, like online multiplayer. So you get like your team of three and like, you're the three killer clowns and you just (laughs) like go and like beat people up. And then they try to like hunt you down. Oh, that's pretty cool. But the clowns have like, are are a little bit tougher and do more shit probably. Yeah, like yeah. with uh, they have like the cotton candy cocoon that <laughs> yeah. you can trap people in, like the ray guns, like they have yeah. like all the shit from the movie, and I think a couple extra stuff that they weren't able to to do. But yeah, like they have all of that stuff available as like weaponry <laughs> to set up traps that, for people. That is so awesome! Like the the game looks awesome. <laughs> And I'm pumped to actually like watch the movie. Like I need to. Dude, you need find to find the time to. 
It's such a fun watch. And I've been trying to freaking knock out a bunch of suggestions, like because we, like we keep getting like hounded about watching other random shit. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm gonna get them off our ass and watch this yeah. movie. And what's the so top just suggestion? Like, what's the, what's the thing people are slamming your doors down mostly about? Well, it's it's not like ever multiple people. It's always like one person that's just like every like it gets to like Got maybe it. one comment here and there. And then it just gets to like every freaking video. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> and like the first guy that we had was uh, trying to get us to watch Rocky Four, oh. which okay. I was like, OK, yeah. So <laughs> I finally got around to what like I was going to watch all the Rockies, but he was like super insistent. So I'm like, OK, like I'll just freaking watch Rocky Four. <laughs> Um, and it was like right after we'd done Creed. So I was kind of on a on a kick there. Um, then when we did Turtle Week, it turned into Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie. Oh, OK. Um, which that one was surprisingly good. Right. Um, Although that one like took me off because sorry. Um, I could have like um the ending like not caught me off guard, but I thought that the ending in the movie was Leonardo being set up to be the leader, um, because like it felt like that way throughout the whole movie. But I, I forgot that that's how the show ended. I thought that's how the movie ended. Dude, I thought that's how the show ended too. But I yeah. watched like all of the show. Like, unless there's like a secret season that's not on Netflix yet, it might no because like I've looked up like oh like um. Uh, Rise of the Ninja Turtles ending, and yeah, that's how the show ended. Was oh, Splinter Bill? Oh yeah, by the way, Blue's the leader now. Doesn't even address him as Leonardo. He's just like, oh yeah, Blue's the leader. I'm like okay, yeah. <laughs> Splinter doesn't refer to the turtles as by their names. <laughs> he calls them by their color. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> um, um, but just I, I don't. I thought that's how the movie ended. For some reason, that's how I was remembering it. So when it just uh, freaking like abrupt, not abruptly ended, but didn't end with that, I'm like. Wait, what the hell did I? Is it like an end credit scene or something? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, the, like we were getting hounded for that one. Um, King Kong has been one people have been. Or Which someone once been. Uh, they wanted us to do the like the original one. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> like 1935 one. or Yeah, but I was able to talk him into letting us do the 2005 one. <laughs> With Jack Black, <laughs> yeah. Um, oh gosh, what's the other one? I know, uh, the other one that we've been getting a lot is from. Oh, doing like the Lego movies, like Lego Ninjago. Wasn't Phineas and Ferb one that went on for a good bit, good little bit? Yeah. Jesus. Um, Rango was one too. Yeah, Rango was one. Oh, the Loud House movie, which is like some show from on Nick that we haven't watched. So I'm like, like I've been asking them, I'm like, do you need to watch the show to get this movie? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, I can't do that. Yeah, nah. <laughs> I only got so much time in the week. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, we'll we'll get to it. Like we will we will get to it. <laughs> But yeah, we get we get a bunch of suggestions, so that's what we we try to knock out. I mean, it's a good problem to have. Yeah, it's true. 
But yeah. So anyway, uh, thank you to everyone that answered our question of the week. We really appreciate it. Yes, we do. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I mean, if you want to answer future questions of the week, uh, we usually post those to Instagram and TikTok. So, yeah. All right. Um, yeah. So finally getting into this, this breakdown. If you are new to our breakdown system, we have split movies into eight different categories that we individually score to come to a final all bros and failing Hollywood letter grade. The eight categories that we score are story, writing, acting, character development, effects, music, costumes, and then we give it our own personal score at the very end. All of those numbers get magically added up and spit through our system and give us a letter grade to compare this to other movies of a similar grade, as well as a percentage Um that puts it in like a, a ranking, which is always fun to see where, where these end up. But yeah, so all those numbers will get added up and give us our official all bros and failing Hollywood letter grade. Um, so without further ado, if you have not seen Asteroid City, Rose is about to spoil the entire freaking movie for you in our favorite segment that we like to call reading with rose um so rose without further ado you want to take this one i mean i don't but i guess i will <laughs> rose's <laughs> favorite segment uh, <laughs> reading with rose <laughs> uh, i'm this sorry is everyone's least favorite segment except rose <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, it's the thing that I look forward to the least every single week. Uh, all right. Set in a retro futuristic version of the 1950s, a TV host introduces a televised production of the in the in-universe fictional Asteroid City, a play by famed writer Conrad Earp. In the play, a youth astronomy convention is held in the fictional desert town of Asteroid City. The play's events are depicted in widescreen and stylized color, while the television special is seen in black and white Academy ratio. In the play, Ward's photojournalist Augie Steinbeck. Is it Steinbeck or Stein? It's Steinbeck, right? It looks like Steinbeck. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Steenbeck arrives early to the junior stargazer convention with Woodrow, his intellectual teenage son, and his three younger daughters. When their car breaks down, Augie phones his father-in-law, Stanley, asking his help. Stanley, who dislikes his son-in-law, persuades him to tell the children about their mother's recent death, which Augie had concealed. Augie and Woodrow meet Midge Campbell, a famous but world-weary actress, and her daughter Dinah, who, like Woodrow, will be honored at the convention. Augie and Midge and Woodrow and Dinah gradually fall in love throughout the play. The other convention participants arrive, five-star General Griff Gibson, astronomer Dr. Hickenlooper, three additional teenage honorees, Ricky, Clifford, and Shelley, and their parents, J.J., Roger, and Sandy. A busload of elementary school children chaperoned by young teacher June Douglas and a cowboy band led by Singer Montana, a local motel, a local motel provides everyone's accommodations. I forgot, like. I kind of I kind of forgot how many freaking characters are introduced in like yeah, literally a five minute time span. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was saying. You, 
<laughs> there's so many it's almost easier with like this many characters to just be like yeah then uh they call his father-in-law tom hanks and, and talks to him <laughs> just seriously though. at least you follow it a little bit easier that way <laughs> Like honest, I felt like throughout the movie, all I'm thinking of, like, oh hey, it's Robin from Stranger Things, and she's a teacher now. Right. I kept forgetting yeah. her name. I felt so bad. Yeah, Brian Cranston <laughs> brings in um, what's his face into the beginning. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like oh man, like every single character in this is has like such an easy name as far as the actor goes, but then all these like, like I feel like Wes Anderson likes to like give the most bizarre. Name. I mean, just like everything in here is like Doctor Higginlooper. Like, <laughs> like nothing's gonna be ordinary. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Sounds like a freaking um, like Dr. Seuss book or something. Dude, no that, joke. Dude, seriously, that is a great <laughs> way to put it. I love that. Yeah. Uh, Gibson welcomes the attendees at the Asteroid City Crater, where the teenagers are to receive awards for various inventions. A UFO suddenly appears above the crater. An alien emerges and steals a fragment of the meteorite that created the crater. Augie photographs the alien. President Eisenhower and General Gibson order the town placed under military quarantine, and everyone is subjected to medical and psychiatric examinations. Meanwhile, a uh, meanwhile a romance blossoms between Montana and June, who assure the students that the alien is likely peaceful. The Stargazer honorees use Dr. Hickenlooper's equipment to attempt to contact the alien. Using a guarded payphone, Ricky calls his school newspaper to relay the quarantine details and cover up to the outside world. The Asteroid City events become national news. A furious General Gibson is about to end the quarantine when the UFO reappears and the alien returns the meteorite fragment. When Gibson reinstates the quarantine, the children, scientists, and parents revolt using the honorees' inventions to overpower the military. The, the <laughs> <made me> ridiculous. <laughs> but I loved it. Uh, the play's creation is in, interspersed between the play. Sometime after Conrad Earp started writing, he meets with actor Jones Hall, who performs an audition in Earp's home and in, and is immediately cast. During the same interaction, Earp and Hall kiss, establishing their relationship as lovers. Earp writes the play with help from a local acting school and recruits most cast members from it, including Mercedes Ford, a temperamental yet talented actress who plays Midge. Is, is, During, <laughs> sorry. is that what is that what that uh, I thought <laughs> I took it as watching this just real quick. Like, I didn't think like, oh, they're lovers now. I thought he was trying to like find the perfect character because he like jumped through different looks and everything. And I felt like, Oh, he found the character and he fell in love with his own character so much that he felt the need to like, that's how I interpreted it. I didn't interpret it as, Oh, it's the actor auditioning and now they're lovers. <laughs> Am I the only one? <laughs> like, Dude, that's no. exactly what I thought too. Yeah, I took it the other he was going through like changes in the, the, the character and everything. I was like, ah, oh, he figured out what his character wants his character to be. Not the guy nailed the audition. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad for not taking it the way you guys did. Cause I actually like that better. Yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't mind it. <laughs> no, no, I didn't did it. or I didn't either. Like it, it works, but like, I love, I don't know. I love the way that you guys took it. I, I don't know. <laughs> Because it seemed like things like even in him, like trying to talk about it, like because he was clearly struggling with the story a little bit and like different things would kind of pop up. So I thought that was like 
like the full play wasn't going on and I didn't think it was like pushing auditions. It was just his way of like coming into like new thing and finding the character developing his struggle and writing the script and the story. So that's how I took it all as like, I thought that whole thing was just like, like, and that's like kind of the Wes Anderson way is just things as popping up and like, and like, all right, we found the story. Here we go. Now here's the play. You know what I mean? Because I don't know, reading in this description, I feel like this description should have been so much earlier because it was so much earlier in the movie, but like the way it's in, like this is way before the alien comes down and they do that thing <laughs> happens. But now they're like, that's Oh true. no, we established as lovers. <laughs> like, <"Whoa." laughs> okay. Oh man. And no, I absolutely agree with you. Um, no, like, you know, like I, I love, I love the approach to, you know, like them being lovers. That's awesome. But I really, I really like yours and Caleb's take on that. Like, I don't know how I didn't even think about that. That's like freaking genius. Dude. Okay. I, <laughs> the only reason that I like took that is because I know that Wes Anderson movies are usually like thinkers. And this so true. I was trying to like overanalyze like everything. <laughs> and so yeah, fair I was enough. just like, all right, I'm trying to pull, I'm trying to pull meaning that I'm not quite seeing. And like, so that's, that's how I was able to get to that conclusion. <laughs> like with that, Respect but it. obviously we, I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sorry. No, you're fine. There's a there's a full frontal scene yeah. of Scarlett Johansson in the mirror. I mean, probably not her, but I just got to throw that in there too. Yes, <laughs> We're talking about the yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, basically, um, yeah. So, wow. Okay, yeah. Sorry. Okay, now I know where I am. During the recorded performance of the play, Hall, who plays Augie, confronts the play's director, Schubert Green, saying he still doesn't understand the play and asks Green if he is doing him right. Green tells Hall to keep playing Augie the same way despite being uncertain and that he's doing him right. After that interaction, while taking a smoke break on a balcony, Hall runs into the actress who was cast to play Augie's wife before her only scene was cut. She recites the deleted scenes, deleted scenes text Margo to him. Robbie. <laughs> yeah sorry <laughs> no you're good no like seriously i should honestly i should just like be freaking just saying who freaking played played them because for a second i'm just like wait who played augie's wife for a minute i honestly <laughs> forgot margot robbie's like only scene <laughs> yep uh six months into the play's run conrad herb dies in an automobile accident in the play's epilogue augie and his family are the last to leave asteroid city after general gibson lifts the quarantine augie's daughters bury their mother's ashes in the desert woodrow wins the fellowship funding and midge leaves augie her mailing address augie and his family quietly drive away yep <laughs> general gibson is jeffrey wright by the way <laughs> that is yeah um, you, you know him from westworld <laughs> <laughs> what is it who, who else is in this movie oh we have was it the um um well obviously um you have uh jason schwartzman's main character <laughs> so, yeah so uh, all-star cast right there scarlett johansson's the actress love interest which I, those scenes are my favorite right, sorry are you, are you done the description is that the oh one? yeah yeah we're good yeah <laughs> okay. yeah no you're okay. good man tangent right now <laughs> <laughs> I, I love the scenes like my some of my favorite scenes are the window scenes with like her like acting it out between um jason schwartzman and scarlett johansson 
as they're going and they're kind of little intermingle that they have. Um, I, th- I thought a lot of that stuff was like really creative and like ha- a lot of the scene switchovers that happen. Um, yeah. Brian Cranston's the main host, the writer of the whole play who's Conrad is Edward Norton. Um, who else am I forgetting? Who else am I forgetting? Um, Steve Carell, duh, Steve Carell. He's the guy who does the maintenance for the, the cabins that they're all staying in. <laughs> um, Dude, this, this movie was Matt Dillon's in it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was stacked. <laughs> Dude, seriously. Like touching upon like what Mikey said earlier about how Edward Norton will do like those commercials just so he can afford to be in a Wes Anderson movie. I'm like wondering like how much of a pay cut some of these uh, actors have to take. Does. I think I, yeah. I guarantee you almost everybody does. I don't, I yeah. doubt he pays anybody because if you pay one person then everyone's going to get upset. Yeah. I bet you maybe, maybe Jason Schwartzman was getting a decent paycheck, but I, I bet you even his wasn't like, he was probably getting paid most on this. And I bet you even that wasn't like yeah. crazy. Cause the budget was only 25 million. Really? Yeah. That, yeah, yeah, damn, that, that's, that's low. <laughs> yeah, and that's probably, and that's probably that's all it. going into the sets. Like, let's be real. Like, they, yeah, dude, the set pieces probably. are everything yeah. in that. You know what I mean? And the, oh, was yeah. it not that they had a whole lot of sets? And I don't think it's going to be that expensive to make like the inside of the uh, the crater. But that's actually the few. So that they had the crater, they had that diner, they had the cabins that they were kind of in. Which again, they're like they're they're kind of basic and they're not a crazy amount of set dressing either. It's like very, I mean, you, everybody knows Wes Anderson films are very symmetrical and stuff like that, but you know what? They had to build an entire miniature for that. Like I saw a whole thing for like the whole train sequence that was all done with like, like scaled down miniatures and, and everything. Yeah. I figured that, that that's so what they cool. were doing. Dude, like the way that I like viewed how they did the sets is kind of like the same amount of quality that you would get in a play. Right. Yeah. Same here. Like, and especially like how I feel a lot of shots are framed. It definitely screams that. Well, that's, that's, I mean, that's most Wes Anderson movies. That That's like, true. This yeah. is actually the first Wes Anderson movie I've seen. It's actually like, ri- like going into this movie. I thought very much it was, I, I've heard just like, okay, it's about, this small town with 85 people that their main claim to fame is an asteroid hit there and a family gets stuck there and, and a whole bunch of stuff starts to come with aliens and the asteroid and becomes like this big spectacle and this, and this award thing, you know, it was like, okay, so that's what I thought it was about. So like when I sat down and started watching it and saw it, it's like, Oh no, it's not actually the story about that. It's about this like, washed up crazy writer that's trying to write his next play like is his tv play in the process that's why it meant so much with the kiss because i was like oh it's the process of a struggling writer trying to write a play and going through all the struggles that come with it and then the hiccups because there's like a halfway through the movie there's like a part where he like goes out and like talks to jeff goldblum for a minute <laughs> and, and like yeah like you said has like the smoke on the balcony and does all that stuff but it's like it's like it seems like the struggle and trying to write the story of the fucking play so i was like that's what it's made mainly about is like this struggling Edward Norton trying to go through to write this play and find the perfect combination to write his story. And then we're seeing the play unfold in reality in front of him, Um, which it is still about that. Maybe I just interpreted one thing about it a little bit differently, but it is very much still mostly about that. Um, 
with a couple extra things coming into the actual like like that stuff that it wasn't shot as much as a Wes Anderson movie. I mean, it was, but like the play itself was like the Wes Anderson movie to the movie. <laughs> that makes any sense. <laughs> no, no, it definitely does. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, but getting into the, like the the story a bit more. I I the, I don't take notes on movies very often, but yeah. I had to, I had to take some on this one because I was like, "There's too much happening," and one of the things that I felt with this story is like, and maybe it's just because like I, I what I put is is there a line where a film becomes too artsy? Yes, uh, I think there's a line of works. I, I I think I know what you're going to get towards. And I probably agree also to where I think there's a line to where it gets too bizarre and kind of doesn't act on because I was kind of with the film and interested in and having a good time with it until I saw that alien thing come down and I was like, Oh, oh my hell. It's so fucking terrible. <laughs> I was like, why did they decide to go with this and pull out? Like, even when they try to like save it, it's like, Oh, the, it's the guy in the costume and, and, and stuff like that. It, that's not enough to save. Cause it looked like a fucking animated thing coming down in the little legs and it just coming down on a little T bar and just like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like I, I, it, it kind of, that ruined a lot of the moment for me. Cause I, I didn't, like everything could have been okay. And I, I not like I, you can't buy anything in this, but cause it is what it is and is the nature of the movie, but you're with it. But that kind of pulled too far away from the rest of it going on. In my opinion. Yeah, dude, I, I put fair. that this film feels like it's the film equivalent of a splatter painting in a museum <laughs> where people go and they're like, Oh, and they're pulling all this like meaning out of it. And I'm like, is it that deep <laughs> like this this easily if if Wes Anderson were to come out like tomorrow and say hey I just wanted to get a bunch of people together and do something kind of ridiculous and fun like I'd absolutely believe that yeah, yeah. I'd be okay with that honestly <laughs> yeah <laughs> like it's just if you wanted to do that like just say that like it, it's just it, this this crossed the line for me of being like I try to like when I go into a uh, a movie and d d regardless of what I think the story is or needs to be or what whatever like I try to p pull like what's the purpose of this story like what's what's it trying to to tell and I couldn't get that throughout any of this I'm like even like once I got to the alien, like, okay, what, what are, what are we doing, man? <laughs> well, I, th I think the alien was more what, like, I almost would have liked it and appreciated it and been able to pull more from it. If the alien thing didn't happen, like it, it, if maybe if they saw like a flying saucer while they're there and they're like, Oh, okay, do this thing. But I don't feel like the alien coming down and trying to grab it's at the asteroid really took much into the story because it kind of turned into that, but realistically it was about them breaking down and like the death of these kids 
mother and trying to like put her ashes to rest at some point and 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 going to meet with the grandfather and getting stuck in the that with the haps of the city is and the actors i mean the the uh the writer's story so i think when you add like the alien and that because the alien stuff just that whole story part to it just went so bizarre and so far left and it didn't really make sense to anything and really wasn't subjected to the rest of the story. I just don't get it. I don't get what they were trying to accomplish. They're like, Oh, he's just trying to get his asteroid back. And then he gave it back. Like, I, mm. <laughs> like what the fuck? <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you got a like, point oh, there. People just want to come to see the alien again. And then at the end they all leave. So <laughs> it's like, uh, I don't know what that accomplished at the end, but I, I think there's deep, like I said, I, I don't think there's deeper meaning in that. I think having like this spectacle of having the asteroid in there and doing the thing for them to all come and like, what was it? The science fair, like thing. I thought that was a cool thing. And then like the story to bury their mom. But I think the whole alien just kind of threw it off way too much. It added too much and added too much to be questioned, but I can get behind everything else. I think there's like deeper meaning behind everything else, just not the alien stuff. And it just looks terrible. I don't know if they were lazy with it or they just, they're just like, oh no, this, this, they look like action figures. That's what we're going to put it down. As, you know? It reminded me of like uh, Ardman's like uh, when they were like first getting onto like the animation scene with their like first claymation projects. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that like straight up is what it reminded me of. No. Yeah. Cause like I would say everything else, it's like with like, even their like scientific projects or what they had, like none of that looked too cartoony. You know what I mean? Like they looked like no. jetpacks and stuff like that. I mean, the way they're like flying and the stuff it's Wes Anderson and it looks like that. And that single screen thing, which I can appreciate, but none of the other stuff looked too far out of whack, you know? Yeah. That alien did though. <laughs> yeah, that oh, alien that just a lot. <laughs> honestly, it really pulled you out of the movie for a little, it at least totally a little bit. Did I was like, me and my wife were both like, "What the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> What's going on?" Dude, it, it's like anywhere that I thought the story was going to go. Like I thought the story was going to be like a have a main focus on like maybe the writer um, trying to come up with this story. And then it's just like, obviously like on the other end, it's like, we're seeing the play go on because anything that they talk about, like, Oh, like change it to scenes or like, Oh, it'd be more like, I think it'd be interesting if they did this or that. And like, you see it happen. So it's like something that they talk about. You see that like eventually, happened and so like i thought that that's what that was going to be more right. like but it's like that seemed like at least like now in its entirety that was such a minimal part and yeah. then it's just like what the story there was a bunch of like little storylines that just kind of didn't even like end it was just kind of like, like yeah it's like okay i guess that's the end of that or oh i guess that's the end of that and mm. <laughs> Yeah, kind of the whole the whole thing towards the end where he's like with Brian Cranston and talking to like the audience, and then they're like starting to like, oh well, we'll reveal their people actors from the story or whatever, and it's just like eh, it's still not adding it. It's not adding yeah. anything for me. Like if yeah. you're trying to do something cool, it didn't work here either. <laughs> Dude, there was there was odd choices all around with this that just that pulls you out. Like I don't like 
um i forget who it was someone at like the vending machines or someone like at the showers and then it like kind of pans over and Brian Cranston's there and he's like, Oh, am I not in this one? Like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. Like, Dude, yeah, that I'm threw like, me what off. The hell I'm like, wait, that? what the yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, is this all part of the play? <laughs> yeah. Maybe Brian Cranston just showed up on the set that day wanting to check in. He's like, We can put you in this one. <laughs> let's, just, let's just have you in and be like, Oh, I'm not oh. supposed to be here. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, and another thing that I feel is like important with any sort of going artsy movie is if it, if the movie only works because of its cast, it's, it doesn't work. Like the movie only works out. Like, I feel like this movie will only be like looked at or regarded as possibly higher than it is because of the freaking A-listers. Maybe have you, What's your what's your backlog of Wes Anderson movies? Um, I've seen, seen I've seen parts of the Budapest Hotel, Grand Budapest Hotel. Have you seen Moonrise Kingdom? Yes. Have you seen uh, Life Aquatic? No. You should watch that one. That one's his best one of all time. Royal Tenenbaums is also fucking fantastic. <laughs> um, those are, I think are outlines of like what a good Wes Anderson movie kind of should be. And I mean, it's, it's, it's a Wes Anderson movie style. So coming into a movie like this, I feel like you need to have that kind of mindset that this is what it's going to be. <laughs> um, it's very true. Not necessarily actors, but just like kind of the storyline. It's kind of the bizarre way the characters kind of take it also. And I think that's fun because there is a lot of, uh, and I know we're not on it, but there is like a lot of kind of like inner character development within each of the actual characters. Uh, if you kind of like follow each of them close enough, if that makes sense. I don't know. Not each of the actors, but like um, Jason Schwartzman's character and what he's going through. Like he's a photographer with his children and, and, it's it's those stories you got to kind of stick with. There's just a lot of garbage that's thrown in there as well, <laughs> which I think is the point you're getting at. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Um. Try, just looking at my notes real quick. Oh, the freaking. Who knows what what the hell he was? So when, I think it's when Tom Hanks walks into, Scarlett's cabin, and comes into like the window. And then you see that random like agent kind of poke his head in and then disappear. Like, oh, what the hell was that? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I remember that. Like, I, I, I'm like, OK, like, are they getting like spied on? But then it's like it didn't come back whatsoever. Like, I was looking right. for him the rest of the movie. I'm like, all right, like, where yeah. is he? <laughs> Got to look for somebody now. <laughs> yeah, but that didn't end up turning into anything. It, it's all around like I found this really tough to follow and like a big thing with like my story score it's pacing and the pacing here was off like something awful and again like the story's hard to follow uh gets confusing at times like there there's definitely things about it I enjoyed but i think overall it's just i was not a fan <laughs> that's fair how how that's not so a fan cool. of you what's what's yeah. what's your score yeah 
Oh man. Oh God. I thought I thought this was like as average as average can get. Like I'm I'm probably sitting maybe like seventy four. Oh wow. That's right. actually a lot higher than I thought you were gonna be. I was afraid you were gonna be in the sixties, dude. No, like it's not deserving of it of sixties. It's just like I I came away from this movie thinking like, what the hell was that? And I don't know. Like it, it took a lot of like reflection and like sitting on this movie for me to be like, okay, like I kind of understand this. I can kind of understand that. And there are, I've come away from movies like that before where it's like, I sit on it and it like starts to resonate a little bit differently with me. But I got something more out of it initially. Like I could walk away, and be like, wow, that was really good. And then like start thinking and like, oh, like that, that part was cool or this was cool. And like thinking more and more and more about it here. I was like, what the hell was that? And then like the more I think on it, it's just like, OK, I mean, that was OK, I guess. <laughs> yeah, like it's it, I left it being like thinking it was shit and then like upon reflection it moved up to average (laughs) yeah all right i get it yeah but what about you guys what do you what do you think i don't me so this is actually my first like live action wes anderson movie i've ever seen uh i've only seen his uh fantastic mr fox and isle of dogs love those love those two movies to death like Honestly, probably in my top 10. Fa- okay, maybe not Isle of Dogs, but Fantastic Mr. Fox is like probably my top five favorite animated films of all time. Oh, wow. I, I love that movie. Um, so for my introdu- first introduction to his live action movies, like like I definitely agree with where you guys are coming from. Like th- this movie is really out there. The Like the alien thing that freaking just took me out. Um, but like still like when the credits started rolling, I. I was kind of just like, you know what? I, I had a good time. Like, yeah, it was kind of hard to follow, but like for my first introduction to like an actual, like live, I keep saying this live action, Wes Anderson movie. Like I had a good time. I'm looking forward to seeing, uh, other, uh, works of his, uh, I, mean, honestly, I don't know why I've seen the list. Life yeah, Qua- life okay. the la- top of the list, uh, okay. you know, Bill Murray and stuff. Uh, I think moonrise kingdom is probably one of my favorites too. Moonrise kingdom is really awesome. Cute. Moonrise kingdom was great. Yeah. How high would you guys put Grand Budapest Hotel? It's up there. It's okay. it's it's up there. I I I'd put Moonrise Kingdom a higher. I would put Royal Tenenbaums higher. I would put uh, Life Aquatics definitely number one. So okay. So those three, I would say, those are my favorites out of all of them. And then the rest, the rest are okay. All right. <laughs> he doesn't make I, I bad movies, but they're all okay. <laughs> At least the rest. No, that's, that's fair. He he he's. He's definitely one of those directors that like, you know what you're going to expect. And it's very hard. I feel for like new people to like fall in love with them. Totally. Like, I mean, it's somebody that comes from set and props and stuff like that. Like some of the appreciation that you go in and it, life aquatic too, because they like pretty much slice a whole boat in half and do that. And, and there's like shots that kind of go through the deck and like through the different Oh, that's awesome and stuff that's so fucking beautiful and so cool but the story's great too <laughs> okay <laughs> um so yeah for like but like story like like i said definitely agree with ab- honestly absolutely agree with what you guys said um but like i i think i still i still rather enjoyed the story for the most part right so 
I don't know. I like slightly above Caleb. I'm going to go a 78. I'm at a 79. Hell yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it was just, I, I don't think I minded it as much. Just, I, I think just as far as the little stuff, which I think will more equate into the writing. I think I like the writing more than the story, but the two kind of formulate to me. So I, 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 I thought it was okay, but yeah, he definitely has better stuff as far as the whole story goes. Yeah. I'm curious though, like, what are your thoughts? Have you seen Fantastic Mr. Fox or Isla Dogs? I actually have not seen either of them. Real okay. I mean, yeah. if I had to pick, yeah, out of the two, Fantastic Mr. Fox, freaking God, I love yeah. that movie. I recommend it. And the freaking um, the um, oh my God, what is it? Uh, hey Rose, you're getting called out, DJ. <laughs> sorry, what <up> DJ. <laughs> I'm sorry, DJ. <laughs> Uh, the uh, stop motion animation also in that movie is freaking beautiful. Oh, yeah. So I recommend it like tremendously. It's on the list. Hell yeah. <laughs> All right. Caleb still needs to watch it. Yeah, I've seen I've been getting more and more of it on TikTok, and it's kind of made me like, OK, like I need to come check on, this man. Out. It's so good. <laughs> um. But yeah, I think Wes Anderson's an acquired taste. Definitely. It, yeah. It's love him or hate him. He's going to stick with the same art style and directing style. And you, you just got to deal with that. Like I said, love him or hate those, him. Yeah. It's most of those big directors, though, too. I mean, oh, yeah. like a lot of these original directors. I mean, uh, I think Taika Waititi is a very acquired taste. I'm pretty sure uh, Quentin Tarantino is a very acquired taste. Uh, uh, most people have that taste but <laughs> yeah. Christopher Nolan's an acquired taste like have you seen like I mean, yeah. he, Oppenheimer is the first movie that I feel like he doesn't that he stays more linear I mean he still doesn't but he stays more linear as opposed to like other movies like uh, he's all over the place with all of his other movies I guess for, except for Dark Knight Dark Knight's a different beast yeah um first like I I know that their styles are like wildly different, but I kind of put Wes Anderson and the Coen brothers kind of in like the same ballpark. Cause I've like, I've noticed, and this is just kind of getting into writing um, that Wes Anderson likes to throw a lot of it's quick and very smart writing. And it's kind of hard to like absorb initially, at least for me. And maybe it's just because I'm like freaking ADHD is all hell, but it, it, it does, isn't like I understand what's being said. It's just it's being said so quick. It takes me a little while to like absorb it where and then the Coen brothers, they kind of do the same thing where it's very quick um, dialogue that's going. but it's almost like dumbed down enough, just enough for me to understand it. <laughs> right. Where with Wes Anderson, I have to like sit and think about it uh, for a minute. That's, so. that's fair. Um, what's the newest Coen brothers movie that's come out. That's has it been a minute. Have they, did they do hail Caesar or was that someone else? um they let's see oh they the, the it's the most oh the tragedy of macbeth i haven't seen that one yet 
Yeah, either. I haven't seen that one either. I think though the last movie of theirs that I I've seen was oh geez, was it freaking Buster Scruggs? Oh, that was the Coen Brothers. I totally forgot yeah. about that. My bad. Okay, They've so done, like a lot of my like favorite movies, yeah, like yeah, well, uh, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? They had they did like a, their claim to fame that's kind of got them going was um, wasn't it like Fargo? Yes. Yeah, pretty sure it was them. Or no, they did Raising Arizona also. Yeah, so Raising oh, Arizona oh, is fantastic. So th- theirs is a little bit bizarre, but I think they they kind of. St- Theirs is way easy to understand. They and they're not. I don't know. I don't know if I would put them honestly in the same because they take on a lot serious, more serious subjects too. They did Miller's Crossing. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm, I'm just looking at their other stuff. I mean, they, they're like the Big Lebowski. Yeah. Yeah, the Big Lebowski is the freaking bomb. Um. Yeah. No Country for Old Men. They take on I, some I, really I do hold, movies. Also. I do hold the Dude, new seriously. True Grit against them a little bit. <laughs> Because that movie, reading, I hated. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. They did Hail Caesar, Unbroken. That was freaking awesome. Unbroken. Yeah, Ballad of Buster Scruggs, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Like a lot of those movies, I freaking love. Yeah. Um, Rose, for you, have you seen? You've seen Bad Santa, right? Yeah. Yeah, they did Bad Santa. They did. No shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's on their. Oh, my God. Videography. Are you. Dude, that is like in my top five favorite Christmas movies. Did they direct it or. Doesn't look um, like they it. Let's see. It doesn't not. It oh, says the directors up. were Mark yeah. Waters and Terry Zigwoff. So why the hell is that associated with them then? <laughs> <laughs> dude you got my hopes up <laughs> I, I know i'm sorry i'm sorry <laughs> i was like that's a really bizarre one <laughs> dude what the hell what okay don't don't listen to me <laughs> yeah he also they... did super bad <laughs> yeah <laughs> man yeah i i screwed that one up <laughs> it's okay man we forgive you it's okay because I, I just looked like freaking uh, the Unbroken that was directed by Angelina Jolie, so I don't know how they're freaking associated. Well, Unbroken he wrote. Oh, Unbroken they wrote. Or okay. They wrote. Yeah, they wrote Unbroken. They wrote the screenplay for it. Okay, that makes uh, it a bit. I'm more like sense. seeing okay, that they, so had they were executive something? producers on Bad Santa. Okay, yeah, I was gonna say because yeah, from what I've seen, it's just saying that they were uncredited for something on this. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Story so, yeah, by Ethan and Joel Cohen, uncredited. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They, so their last movie or their newest one that they directed was Ballad of Buster Scruggs. No, it was Tragedy of Macbeth. Or, yeah, definitely. Tragedy of Macbeth with, um, with, uh, Denzel Washington. Why is that not showing up in there? Or maybe it was just Joel Cohen. So it wasn't by both of them. It was just by Joel. Okay. Who am I? Oh, I'm looking at Ethan's right now. Yeah. So it was done by the Cohen brother. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. They've gotten more independent independent now. Gosh, it's hard when you get these like duos. (laughs) 
yeah <laughs> true um but yeah so like like i said getting into like the the writing of this movie um it was very like quick-witted or i would even say quick-witted it was just it was fast talking and very like intellectual like it, it kind of oh, felt yeah. like i needed yeah. a couple more a couple dozen more iq points to fully grasp what the hell was being said i don't think so you felt- do though because i think most of it was made up it's just like it's like what they're they're like oh what's wrong with the car oh well the fiddly dink is loose Ah, oh, huh, the fiddly dick, you know, okay. Yeah. That's, you know what I mean? Like a, they kind of have like a Snoop Dogg way of kind of like creating his, his own things that's, in that's there, true. which I, I can appreciate more is because when writing there's, he's, he, he's creating his own world. You know what I mean? I, I think that's why it kind of elevates for me with this is because he's creating his own world in the writer for this play. Who's creating another world inside. It's like the inception of a Wes Anderson movie. You know what I mean? Inside yeah. this with characters writing for other characters and go in and, and with what was Brian Cranston with all, with the narrator on top of it all. You know what I mean? So I think like kind of putting in, if, even if the story doesn't all kind of come together, man, there's a lot of like in, integral writing that goes in and in the, into the actual characters there. Yeah. I mean, man, like the, I feel like that's like a, a, I make, I feel like I'm making it sound like a bigger issue than it actually is to me, but like a lot of the writing I felt was really good. Like going back to that, the scene with the mechanic and him saying like, Oh, what's wrong with the car? And he's like, well, I've only ever seen it be one of two things, right? It could, it could be this, this one thing where all I do is replace this like 75 cent part and then everything could be like good. Or it could be this other thing where we have to do like a total rehaul of the engine. And then he goes, pulls this part out, replaces it and starts it up. And then the car like freaking explodes and he's like, it's the other one. <laughs> <laughs> Does he like, say it's option I, three? Yeah, I, I well, it was option was... three. Yeah, because yeah. It, it's it's spit it out like that crazy thing. He's like, well, nope, never seen that one. Before. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I freaking loved, loved that. Um and a lot of the the, the conversation, like the like I said, the writing between Scarlett Johansson and um Jason Schwartzman in between the windows like that all was like you get rid of most of the movie like that those interactions with like the photography and the stuff and her acting and that stuff that was going on I thought was so fantastic and kind of like it pulled me away coming out of there but those scenes kind of always pulled me in and it was like a lot of really intelligent writing I think that went into those scenes yeah agreed I liked how like when she was doing like the rehearsal that everything that she was like discussing, like, oh, like the the talking about like the nude scene that she was going to do and like how they were going to like shoot it and everything. Like, it's exactly how it showed. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, like they'll they'll do it like they'll do it from behind. It'll be very tasteful and, and whatever. Right. I'm like, yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. And the and like the squirt, the the. um the reading the sides and stuff like, Oh, here, like line read with me or whatever, showing him. And then they were having a conversation integrated, like in between almost this, and, and he'd read the line and they'd go through like the whole, like 
her practicing her lines for her audition or whatever. Like I loved that. <laughs> I thought that was all so cool. And you're still connecting like within the character and seeing their chemistry that starts to like pop up between them. You know what I mean? I love, yeah. I think those are, those are probably my favorite written scenes out of the entire thing were those, those scenes right there. Yeah. My, my personal favorite and it, it like just the, the sequence is when it was like Tom Hanks with the three girls and right. like, he's trying to like bury them up. Those are and, good. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, it's like at the end they're like, he's trying to like take it out and they're like putting up a big old fight. And he's like, okay, I guess we, we can do a quick little something here. And he like, he says a little something and he turns to Woodrow and just like, do you want to say anything? And he's like, I don't believe in God anymore. And he's like, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> I like yeah I, I laugh forever with that yeah or even the conversation like that that was amazing that whole sequence was great but the conversations between all the kids too where they're like playing that game um they're trying to like oh let's like go through and we're gonna name like just people and then you have to keep going through until somebody screws up <laughs> and they <laughs> just keep going <laughs> oh my yeah so good yeah. <laughs> seriously the other like another scene that i actually liked too was um when the the kid who played woodrow was talking to scarlet's character in like the behind the scenes thing like on the train mm-hmm. and he's like talking like like i have a note from the director and he's like if like I have this one note if you're like raging mad and this other one if you're um oh if you're right. really upset yeah. and then they right. both are just like like you're super shitty like they're like so mean spirited and then he's like and then I have this other one I guess if <laughs> I probably should have read where it's like if you're cool and collected and then it's like yeah. a super sweet note <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's just like, read that one. Read this one. <laughs> just read them all. <laughs> yeah, yeah so that was I, a good one. I forgot yeah. about that scene. It was a yeah. good scene. It was. Yeah, I, I, I like that stuff a lot. Yeah. So I, I put um like a couple notes in here where um like the difference between like the play and what or what I'm calling the play and the the behind the scenes is like how I differentiated between the, the different scenes. <laughs> um, and then I have like later is like, is this all the play? <laughs> like thinking like this was like all just one big <laughs> performance yep. that was crazy. And yeah, yep. it, it got, it got me real confused real quick. <laughs> um, Oh, another thing I, I freaking liked, but felt super out of place was the, the alien song that, uh, what's his fate? Like the little kid wrote, <laughs> it started oh, yeah. singing it like but, how, how my, or how, uh, uh, what's her face? Is it Maya? Maya Hawk? I think so. Oh yeah. Maybe. How she's like. She's trying to teach them like planet stuff. And she's like, I like, or this kid's like, oh, I built a spaceship. 
or like oh i drew a picture and he's like i wrote a song and she's like it's probably not the best time to and then like the whole band comes in is like yeah we learned this song last night like to help this kid (laughs) we'd like to back him up yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's like dude what the hell (laughs) um i did notice in that scene what the what's the guy's name the the cow montana like when everyone was setting up their their instruments and everything, Montana he pulled out a freaking steel guitar, but he never played it. All right, I never noticed that. Like no, they, huh? Yeah, like that. he came, like he set it up, and he was sitting behind it for a minute. Everyone else started playing, and then like almost immediately, he stood up to dance with the the teacher. <laughs> yeah, missed it. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. Oh, the the kid. The kid that was freaking like asking, like, you dare me to? That kid was so freaking weird. <laughs> oh, yeah. I had to jump off the roof. <laughs> <laughs> dare me to push this button? <laughs> Did anyone else kind of want to see him actually jump into the cactus, or was that just me? <laughs> <laughs> he seemed like a good kid, but like. I don't know. I, I kind of wanted to see because like hope maybe that would make him learn his lesson. But at the same time, he jumped off a freaking roof. I, I don't think there's no saving this kid. <laughs> yeah, Dude, like I think what got me too with like just how weird he is, is when his dad is like, why the hell do you want me to dare you to do all this stuff all the time? And he's gives this like super deep answer. Like, I'm just trying to find my place in the universe. <laughs> I'm like, dude, what? <laughs> so you dare me? <laughs> dare you to what? Jump in that <laughs> or climb that cactus? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, the writing I am putting a little higher though. I, yeah, I do but... think I so where with story I put a seventy four. I think with writing I'm sitting at like an eighty one. Oh, nice. Okay, yeah, that's 80. quite a big jump. Yeah, it, yeah, it's a decent jump. I felt this was a lot better written than it was a story. That's fair. I do have a question for you guys. Um. You know, when Steve Carell was going around like in the mornings asking, uh, what's your um certain type of juice you like? Is it apple right. orange apple orange or uh tomato? Would either of you actually choose tomato juice in the morning? I'm just curious. I don't know anybody who would choose tomato juice. Right. And the fact that J- uh, Jason um freaking uh I'm already forgetting his name, Jason Schwartzman's character actually says tomato at the end, I'm like, why? Like <laughs> come on. It's just one of those other questionable decisions right. that were made with this uh, movie. You know, yeah, fair enough. I thought that initially when he's like, oh, in the morning, like, uh, like, what kind of juice do you want? I'm like, when he said tomato, I was just like, what the hell? Like, who the hell's picking tomato? And, like, no one answered him until, like, Jason Schwartzman did. And <laughs> that was still pretty funny. No, it was. But just, I can't imagine tomato juice in the morning. I'm good. Yeah, that, that'd be a lot. I, tomato juice at any point in the day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Agreed. Um, I'm sitting at an 87. Okay. It's a pretty decent jump from yeah. 79. Yep. Yeah. yeah not, what do you I mean, think, I, Rose? I, I absolutely agree with everything you guys have said. The writing was definitely more solid than the story. Um, 
especially with um, how you brought up Mikey with the scenes between um, Jason Schwartzman and Scarlett Johansson's character. Definitely agree. Those are like the best parts of the movie. Um, their discussions. Um, and especially I love the scene in the diner when he first takes the picture and she's oh, right. uh, the interaction that they have. And just like, like she doesn't really even put up a fight, which I freaking like, I, I love that yeah. approach. Why didn't you ask um, permission? I never asked permission. It's like the number one answer. You just got to remember whenever someone asks, why, why are you doing this? Cause I'm a photographer. <laughs> I'm a photographer. They won't ask any other questions. <laughs> oh man. Um, so yeah, like yeah, I'm, I'm definitely uh, above like you guys. So like, I, th- I think I'm just slightly below um, Mikey. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go an 85. Mm. If my uh my keyboard wants to work, that'd be nice. <laughs> All right. Next up, moving on over to acting, we have Brian Cranston, who played the host. Right. We have Edward Norton, who played Conrad Earp. Mm-hmm. Jason Schwartzman, who played Augie Steenbeck. Uh, Jake Ryan, who played Woodrow. I confused this kid with the guy who plays, uh, I want to say, number five on in Umbrella Academy. <laughs> oh, really? I just <laughs> yeah. remember him from, uh, have you guys, either of you seen Eighth Grade? No. He's the... Did we? I'm pretty sure we've seen that one. I th- I don't know if we watched it together or what. Um, but I like I'll always remember him as like the anno- no. No, he is annoying. He's like he's the annoying um love interest <laughs> that like kind of comes out not comes out of nowhere because you know it's eighth grade. It like you know makes sense. But like when the the two characters like actually went wind up together, I'm like okay, I did not see that coming. Yeah, this kid's. Yeah. Oh, he's from Moonrise Kingdom. That's what it is. Yeah, he's in the other stuff, too. Dude, this just confirms that this was Wes Anderson getting his buddies together to shoot something weird. <laughs> oh, it's all of this. That's all these big actor stuff. Though. Uh, they always get their buddies together to shoot whatever their next thing is. They all come out. The only person that didn't come out for this one is uh, um, Bill Murray. Uh, but is he canceled right now? I don't know. No. Who knows at this point? I don't know. Every, I feel, it's like, it's I feel like up in the air. Canceled. I feel, dude, seriously, <laughs> straight up. Yeah. All right. Uh, See so yeah, it. Jake Ryan, Scarlett Johansson played Midge Campbell. Grace Edwards played Dinah. Hmm. Maya Hawk played June. Rupert Friend played Montana. Oh yeah, dude. I thought this dude was freaking um, Orlando Bloom for a minute. Really? <laughs> he's like discount he has like discount orlando bloom face he kind of does <laughs> honestly <laughs> budget orlando bloom <laughs> yeah i feel like an asshole saying that but i mean come on <laughs> they'll, they'll definitely keep him in mind for pirate six if that ever happens <laughs> all right uh jeffrey wright played general gibson uh, Hope Davis played Sandy Borden. Steve Park played Roger Cho. Leave Schreiber played JJ Kellogg. Ethan Josh Lee played Ricky. 
which this dude looks like a freaking uh oh balls what's his name oh freaking mr chow from hangover oh shit i just had his name uh ken yeah ken jong yeah there yeah, we go he looked like a fr- he looks like a freaking young ken jong <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, that was bugging me. I had his name and it just like gone. All right. uh, Excuse me. Aristow Mihan, who played Clifford, also known as the Dare Kid. (laughs) The Dare Kid. (laughs) Uh, Sophia Lillis, who played Shelly. Tom Hanks played Stanley Zack. Matt Dillon played the mechanic. Steve Carell played motel manager. Tony Revolori played A. DeCamp. <laughs> Tilda Swinton played Dr. Hickenlooper. Hickenlooper. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum played the alien. Okay, I did not think that he was going to be in it like actual like physical face. I thought that they just threw that in as like some like because I know that the alien made a little bit of a noise. I'm like, did Jeff Goldblum come in just to make a freaking noise and get credited as the freaking alien? <laughs> um, but when I actually saw him in the suit, I was like, okay, there we go. <laughs> uh, let's see. Adrian Brody played Adrian Schubert Brody. Green. Yeah. Um, dude, he did some weird shit. Like yep. when he was like yeah. doing the freaking punching bag, but wasn't doing a like he was doing like an air punching bag when there was a perfectly good punching bag like right next to him. <laughs> like what the hell? Uh, and then Willem Def- yeah, played Salzburg Ketel. And then Margot Robbie played actress slash wife. <laughs> I forgot about William Defoe. He only came in for about a scene, right? And yeah, I'm talking yeah. about or yeah, it was uh after the alien sighting. That that he right. came in and right. was talking about like the quarantine and and everything, right? Yeah. Um. So everyone want to list off their top three. <laughs> um. Well, definitely uh, Jason Schwartzman. Oh yeah, for sure. Hands, Hands down. down. <laughs> um. Oop, wrong one. Yeah, he's definitely number one. Um. I would say Scarlett Johansson is also. Like are like your number two, yeah, or three. Um, man, who else would I put up? I mean, Edward Norton. Yeah, those are all tough-ish characters. <laughs> yeah, gosh, I I I'd have to agree with you on that. Well, okay, I think I'm. I would. I would replace my number three. So it's, so number one would be Jason Schwartzman. Right. Two, I would give to Scarlett Johansson, but I think I'd give my number three to um, Jake Ryan. He's really good. Uh, dude, Caleb, we got the same list, man. Do we yeah. really? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that doesn't happen very often. <laughs> no, it does not. <laughs> He's mad good. He's in a lot of scenes. Yeah, yeah freaking... I thought he was like, j- like awkward enough to like 
match the the energy of like the the scenes around him as far as ridiculous a lot of this stuff was as far as directing goes what wes anderson also does have is like because obviously his style is so unique and that goes down to the acting like it's such a bizarre acting style and i don't like only a director i think can bring that type of personality out of somebody but to be able to do it and he's done it a bunch of times with kids and with him especially i mean he did it with him in moonrise kingdom and stuff like that to be able to like get that character and do it so flawlessly it's like it's kind of astonishing (laughs) yeah well i think his like even like his writing style like it's it's it has a level of awkward to it yeah that i think for anyone of any acting ability like especially like with kids like if they're if they're new to acting um i think that's like pretty it's it's attainable i don't know i look at that and i was like man i don't know how like that like you're saying that scene where they're naming all the names is like how many takes did this take for them to like nail this like because this is some hard shit (laughs) yeah dude i don't think you could freaking do that with with young kids i can't do no. three of those names like, <laughs> like oh my god a lot of, i got lost after the first two yeah it's like dude i i did too i i tried following along and i was like nope <laughs> i was like i can remember cleopatra yeah. and then like the next one came out i'm like oh no <laughs> didn't weren't they like throwing in like stuff to also like throw each other off yeah like here's my mom her, her yeah her, yeah yeah, no, hell no, dude. I'd I'd freaking lose round one Im- immediately. But yeah, he that was a good. He did a good job for all that he had to do because one, he needed to play like the son and kind of moderate because he had a weird relationship with his dad too that was trying to kind of come together. But then also keep together um, with his sisters who their parents just died or whatever. But also with trying to compete in this science fair project thing that was going on at the same time you know yeah it's a tough role he did an amazing job at it he did yeah so where are you guys sitting with with acting Mm, um probably 88 honestly the acting i think i think this is a tough acting movie and i think they they do really good and the characters are so out there it's not like going and playing like Oh, this story about a husband and a wife, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's they're very unique characters and you've got to become a character to be able to do this. I think there's a reason it's why all these actors work for pennies to be able to do work on something like this because it gives them a challenge. So if they do it right and everything, I would almost I, I think I want to bump it to 89, actually. Yeah. OK, just below an A. <laughs> what are you thinking, Rose? Yeah, you know, I got to match Mikey like everything that he said like absolutely agree man you guys are gonna make me the asshole here huh i'm only a few <laughs> points below though I'm, I'm sitting at like an 86 you <laughs> son of a bitch <laughs> um i think it was like a lot of the the i'd say extras but there weren't really many extras yeah <laughs> the town had only 86 people <laughs> yeah so I guess chalk it up to me being an ass. So <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> he finally admits it. I mean, to be fair, I don't think anybody's winning an Academy Award for this, but I, I, I think it's definitely that, that's fair. 
I would be like, shocked <laughs> if anyone did. Honestly, the it, only things that I see like this getting nominated at the Academy Awards would probably just like be like for production design. Production design um, for sure. Like, but I don't know if like you could really like argue anything else. What? I think it will be nominated for production design, but let's be real. Barbie's going to win production design. Like, that's, oh, yeah. That's True. Oh, yeah. <laughs> most, most definitely. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. All right. Um, all right. Moving on over to character development. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I ended up doing this on uh, Augie. Mm. Sam. Oops. Yeah, so I, I this is a tough one because it's like he, he I, I like I don't know if I like I think I, in not really Augie himself. I think it was mo- like the the guy who played him. Like I don't know if they ever got into like the actor's like actual name, but like I know it's I don't think they did not Jason Schwartzman like the the character <laughs> he played to play Augie. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I freaking hate I don't this meta shit. <laughs> um, yeah, like I, I thought him finding his, him like his his finding out who his character is was was really interesting. Um, like I, I liked how he like took that moment to like go out into like do that smoke break and like i thought the scene with him doing talking to margot robbie was really good and him just being like just play the character like like it's just 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 tell the story and i think that that was kind of like i viewed that as maybe wes anderson <laughs> technically admitting that he doesn't know what the hell this story is about oh maybe <laughs> <laughs> Because I'm like, that seems way too out there or like right (laughs) in your face for it to not mean anything. (laughs) So I was like, eh, like that seems maybe like some self-awareness is peeking through. (laughs) And but I thought like that did a decent uh, thing for for the character. Like kind of like realizing who who he's playing finally. Did you, did you comment on anything in development of his character in the play? Oh, in the play? Not really. <laughs> I, I, it was hard to get a read on him. No, I think, I mean, yeah, but that's, I think that's the character, but I think there's a lot of development too. If you're just thinking of all the things that go with what he's doing with like, you have the loss of his wife and, trying to like take care of it with the kids. And then I think what, where it came from was mostly again, that Scarlett Johansson scenes to where he's just like kind of slowly starting to develop a new crush or maybe it's too quick. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's a, in a negative kind of way too, but um, and then coming out and like trying to make peace with the kids and burying his mom at the end. I mean, his mom, his, <laughs> his wife at the end, I thought there was a little bit there. I think there was a lot of character development. Um, if I'm going to do full character development and pick a character for, I'm probably doing Edward Norton's character because the whole entire freaking story is pretty much about his character development and ending in his eventual demise, you know? Right. 
I think it meant more too when I thought that that scene where they kissed too was like him finding his character along the way too. <laughs> like that's where it meant a lot more for me. But now that you read that from the Wikipedia page, I was like, okay, maybe they just lost a couple clicks. <laughs> that's like a defining moment in a writer. Like I did it. I found my character. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This. This was a tough one. Would you put? I, I, yeah, I'm curious. This one, I'm, I'm back down to the seventies, but I think I'm, I'm sitting around like a seventy-six. Oh, okay. Like it, I, it was just one of those. It's, it was all right, but just average. Like if it, if it was a, if, if it was above, it's barely above for me. Sure. Okay. What about you guys? Um, on like, like I get where you're coming from with, uh, you know, like the whole like not actually in the play with Augie, um, because I, I I thought it was yeah very interesting where all of a sudden you know like the scene would cut to him you know taking off his beard, be like, oh you know I still don't understand this character, right. all that stuff. Um, but then like I also like I honestly like loved his character development in the actual play. Like I especially love the scene when he sits down with his his kids, and I believe Tom Hanks is there too. Right. And he says like, uh, "My plan was, um, you know, just to have you guys go live with your grandpa, and then I was just going to leave. I was right. just going to take off. Um, but I'm not going to do that. Back, but yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love how Woodrow's just like, oh well, you know, you know, you know, I believe you, and I or, or I um I forgive you, and I understand where you come from, and then that's it. Like they don't talk yeah. about it anymore after that. Which you know what, honestly, like I kind of love that kind of stuff. Just short, sweet, and to the point. Like right. we don't have to keep dwelling on it uh, throughout the whole production. Um, so just those those kind of moments, his scenes with Scarlett Johansson, like the the idea that um, he was struggling with finding the character while the character was also struggling. I don't know. I I kind of really liked that. Um, it, it actually really worked for me. Um, so yeah, honestly, I'm I'm definitely above Caleb in this, and he's probably gonna hate me. I'm not like an 82 for character development. I'm 81. Okay. And I, yeah, I mean, I definitely saw the character development, but, um, and I liked the, the high points and the peaks and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, the only thing keeping it down is there, there could be something to say with, and it's a lot of Wes Anderson characters is they are stone faced a lot of times. And there's not really like if emotion bled out a little bit more then I would probably rank it a little bit higher. And I do, like you said, you, there is character development. And you do see it very clearly and same with all the points that Rose said. So definitely a, a B 81. <laughs> very nice. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. I mean, I, I understand that I'm not going to get something out of this as much as, as you guys might because i don't know i think out of all the categories i think i struggle the most with finding like the character development and but yeah just didn't resonate with me like like maybe it did with you guys or like it's mm. definitely didn't <laughs> oh dude completely understandable you all right moving it, on though. there's that yeah. <laughs> all right um all right moving on over to effects 
Dude, this is a uh, a mixed bottle for me. So Dang, with set design, I forget. <laughs> do we put set design in effects or costumes? Set design, I'd throw more into effects. Okay, all right. Okay, then, yeah, I'm definitely going to agree with you on that because I'm assuming what's killing you is the alien. But, like, the the, the alien for sure okay. is, is killing But, like, it. is, like, all the sets and, like, Asteroid City itself, is that, like, the saving grace? That's, that that's, is that, yeah. Okay, that's definitely. Yeah. Okay, just making sure we're on the same page here. Yeah. Um, I, I took some notes on this. So, I put... <laughs> Okay, the, so the scene, like it's the first scene with the the daughters and Tom Hanks. Um, it is very like almost painfully obvious that they are on a green screen. Like it, it was rough because like it was weird because it's like they were when they were standing up or when Tom Hanks was standing up, it looked like real, but once he like was down like on the ground, like kneeling on their level. It was like super, super green screen. What scene is this? So it, it's the, the scene where the daughters are burying the Tupperware. Oh, like when Tom. Yeah, no, it, at the beginning, when Tom Hanks first comes into the. Picture. Okay, so the so the first time. Or, OK, yeah. And they're they were like burying their mom in that like that little area where they were doing their fake witchcraft and whatnot. And Tom Hanks was like, all right, whatever. We'll just come back and get her before we leave. Oh, right. Um, so, yeah. So when he's like kneeling down with the, the three girls and trying to like explain to them, like what they're what's happening or like, oh, they come in to live with me and and all this other stuff. Like it was super obvious screen screen. And then he stands up and then it's like back to being like looking real. Like almost like they broke it up because I, I if if it was it flew over my head. Yeah, like I noticed, like it, it was. You can tell pretty distinctly by the the shape around. Oh, it's mostly like noticeable around Tom Hanks, but I also noticed it on the girls. So the girl on the left, I think she's wearing fairy wings or something you can kind of see on her hair, it starts to like fade. Like they just did a, a, a feathering on her. Uh, hmm. Like if they rotoscoped her. Interesting. So, yeah, there's like it's like a, a really light feathering on her hair. And then you kind of see it on her uh, her fairy wings, too, where yeah. it's like maybe the tips of the wings are like really faded. And I, missed it. <laughs> yeah, I did, too. <laughs> You got some good eyes for that, man. Yeah, I, I've been watching a lot of like visual effects artists react and like <laughs> they, they point shit out that I've just become a little bit more like hyper aware of. Yeah. All right. And a lot of the times they're like, if you notice something like and it immediately feel like, oh, that's fake. It probably is fair. All right. And so, yeah, that was like something like I. In motion, I think it's a little harder, but I, I, I had it paused and was just kind of like looking over it. And I was like, OK, I'm kind of noticing some funky stuff going on there. Yeah. And uh, well, aside yeah, from like the it, green screen thing, I think I mean, if it, it, man, it is really going to be tough if you're if you're 
clumping in production design into this category, just like with the amount of miniatures and all that sets that they, cause they've built every single piece of this and that moving miniature train as they go through in the beginning, I think it looks so cool. And like, I think that's why I show up to a lot of uh, Wes Anderson movies just to see these pieces, you know? Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know how to, the alien sucked the, <laughs> the alien was, yeah, if was this is the category we're putting in the alien and stuff like that. I wish we could add another ca- category for this. Cause I would give like so production design, you, like a 95%. <laughs> and then Here's something that I kind of do to cheat a little bit is if there's like a, a really big distinction, like what I will do is like, um, like I'll do this with like practical and special. So like if the practical effects are good, but the special effects are like meh on something, I'll, I'll give the special effect or the, the practical effects a score. And then I'll give the practical effects and then I'll just average it. Okay. All right. So if you want to do that, like if you want to give a, a special score to the production and then a different score for like the other special effects, like, we can definitely do that. Um, okay. Let me see. I would just do this as a total. Let's just go. I would just go 89. Just, I can't like the sets are just too fucking fantastic. It's, it's gotta (laughs) keep it up as horrible as that alien is. If this is what's going to go into like the overall best thing about the whole movie, (laughs) it's going to be 89. Um, I don't like don't worry, I hated the alien, but like maybe I I not that I liked it. No, I didn't like it at all. <laughs> but I think the sets just like won it by one more point um than Mikey. So I'm I'm gonna crack nineties. Ooh. Yeah, um I'm looking at my my notes just to see if there's like anything else that was uh like special effects wise. Yeah, visually, my, my my note for the alien was, "What in the ever loving hell was that alien?" <laughs> like realistically, Dude. the alien is like only the one the one thing that wasn't good about that, and I, yeah. I feel like it was even done on purpose, which kind of you know sucks, what? Like, have um, I don't think Caleb's seen it, but um, Mikey, have you seen Frank and Weenie, the like remake that uh, Tim Burton did of it? Okay. I now remember. I now know what that monkey that that monkey. Yeah, hey, that just spoiled it. Um, <laughs> that alien reminded me of. It reminded me of these. I don't know if you can see that. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's oh a, dude, that's, that's spot on. Right? Yeah, it reminded me of the freaking sea monkeys. Yeah, that is what it looks like. <laughs> oh shit. Yeah. If you. If you were to take the alien out completely, the special effects um, and like some, I feel like some of like the more like uh, the other like weird shots, like there's one when they're at the um, the telescope. I, I know Woodrow is like on the telescope and then Dinah climbs up on top with him. It felt like they didn't properly strap down the camera because it like started like shaking (laughs) like when she like when she got on when she was climbing up the ladder like it was kind of like shifting back and forth a little bit 
Turn into a Hunger Games situation. <laughs> huh? Turn Not into quite like a Hunger Games level, but it was just it was just kind of like it didn't feel intentional. Right. Um, because she's like climbing up and then like it like it's smooth that like it was while she was climbing up and then she stands, does her little dialogue with with Woodrow. And I think it makes like a, a cut and then it starts get like the camera feels like it's more solid. And then like they it does that weird thing where it turns and then turns back and they're like messing with the controls. And then every everything else there felt like it was how it was supposed to. But it was just while she was climbing up, it was like kind of had that like rocking back and forth. Like they just kind of set the camera somewhere and hope for the best on a they could have. <laughs> maybe I like on a set piece that was a little bit more flimsy than they were planning on I'm it. Kinda, do they still do director's commentaries on like I mean, I probably should know a this. lot of DVDs. They do. They still do. I'm, yeah. I feel bad for not knowing that. So I'm like curious if Wes Anderson did do one for Asteroid City um, and if he talked about that. I he would love to. Out. I would love to watch this movie with that commentary. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, have to, I'll check because I haven't bought this on Blu-ray yet. Um, kind of waiting for it. Like, because don't worry, like really enjoy this movie, but I don't want to pay like 25 bucks for it. Um, so like I'm waiting yeah. for it to hit like the sweet spot of like 15, 16. Um, but no, when, when it does hit that, I'll definitely let you know if there is a commentary. Hell yeah. Um, so what so yeah, I think that was the other. So yeah, I'm, I'm giving it, I'll give it an 87. <laughs> that's not bad. That, that's actually a lot higher than I thought Caleb was going to be too. <laughs> Like Wes Anderson films, like any movie I've seen, the sets and everything are freaking beautiful. The sets is what it is. Yeah, it's yeah. like uh, a lot of the sets and the cinematography. It's just very it's uh, it's beautiful. It really is. Yeah. It's like watching a painting. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Pretty Rob much. Ross would be proud. <laughs> Dude, if there's anything that I wish that productions would bring back, it would be <laughs> matte paintings. Oh yeah. Oh like, yeah. Did you watch Agreed. did you see that uh that um what was it? The uh the fucking special effects company that that Star Wars created what the hell's the name of it? Um ah, it's going to kill me now if I don't fucking remember. Anyways, I I'll, I'll find the name, but while I'm doing that, there's a documentary on Disney Plus, like a docu series that shows like the birth of like what it was done because George Lucas formed it when they were, he was making the first star Wars film. And then they went on to like make every single like major film in Hollywood. Like they're the ones that kind of went through and uh, they were hired on Jurassic park. And then they're the ones that like first were the ones that were like, Oh, we can do the dinosaurs digitally. And then um, what was it? Spielberg was like, oh, no, you can't. Nobody can do digitally and make it look good. And then he was like, well, they're like, well, here's a little example. And he's like, holy shit. So they were the first to do digital also and the practical and the miniatures effects and down to where they did. There's a whole docuseries about like the birth and how it used to be like a frat house back in the day and how they used to have a hot tub in the thing. And they people would just come and just do whatever work that they want. And then they would leave. Um, what is it? Uh, George Lucas. Dude, I freaking love the documentaries like that. 
like that give you like a little bit more background on ILM ILM. Yeah. If you, if you go to, if you go over, go to uh Disney plus, I mean, I mean, actually don't go to Disney plus cause they're the <laughs> devil right now. But when the strike <laughs> is over, um, go to Disney plus and look up the ILM docuseries because it's like, man, you'll be captivated for like the next fucking 10 hours and just watch it through because the amount of like movies and directors they have it and every single giant director in the whole industry uses them because they're like the cutting edge of everything. Like once everything went digital, it was like a big thing, like learn how to use the computers and do what you're doing now digital or you got to leave. And people got upset about that. And But that was the way the industry was going. So that's what it is now. But it's, it's cool to see that how the shift happened and everything. They were designing cameras to do special shots through the miniatures and like designing full rigs and like booms and stuff like that it's fascinating huh yeah dude that stuff is freaking nuts yeah <laughs> but um yeah like that's why i like watching those visual effects artists react videos so much is because like they, they do a deep dive on on like the histories of of shit like that like yeah. motion control like the cameras um the matte paintings, like one of the, the more paintings famous ones. Are so sick. Yeah, yeah. The matte paintings ones are so sick. There's a whole, ep- that, that's where I was getting at too. There's a whole episode that's just on like people who just are hired to do like the matte paintings and stuff like that on glass yeah. and like the shift. Oh. And stuff. Yeah. It's, Dude, it's they, cool. they were showing, awesome. um, for citizen Kane, like they, they, they had a matte painting for that. It was like when he's addressing like the big crowd, um, the, they were showing that like what they did is they cut like little or they did it on glass and then they cut little slits and then they had like stuff moving behind it. So it looked like the, the crowd was like had movement about it. Oh, cool. And yeah, that's awesome. Like some bitch freaking bugs. <laughs> um, but yeah, like super, super sick. Yeah. All right. Um, but moving on over to music. So this one's, out of 10. So yeah. The mm. least there for me, the a freaking, lot of music with this. <laughs> I kind of got to disagree. I, I don't know. I freaking love this soundtrack, especially the opening song and the ending song. Like, yeah, I freaking I mean, love this. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't, imp- I wasn't <sighs> impressed, dude. I was really, <laughs> yeah, I freaking loved it. Nothing's popping for me or coming to mind okay. like crazy. <laughs> yeah, I know we kind of include audio in this, and this is like such a weird thing. Um, so when Montana is walking around, did any of you notice that he was when he was walking, he like you'd hear the ching ching like with of spurs, but spurs he wasn't wearing any freaking spurs. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't pick up on that. He wasn't no, wearing any. I didn't pick up on it either. I mean, yeah, what's only fun. coming to mount with even sound effects is the uh, the <laughs> <laughs> of course that's what a spaceship sounds like. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of anything else. Like, I mean, nothing stuck out like crazy to me, but nothing was also bad enough to be like, oh, man, what the fuck are they playing? You know what I mean? So it was perfectly yeah. mediocre. <laughs> I'm trying to because I know like the ending song is Freight Train, Freight Train, but I forget like what the opening right. song is. Let me hear one second. 
like they had some music in the background i i know like i recognized a lot of like the country music they were playing in the background right. like the so the opening song when they're just you know saying all the cast and everything and the shot of the train the song is last train to san fernando and then the last song is just yeah freight train so like those two songs just like really stuck out to me that like maybe enjoy the soundtrack probably probably made a little more than you guys did so they googled what songs have trains in them yep pretty much. <laughs> there we go perfect <laughs> we got our opening and we got our closing songs yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah um gosh there was something else that i wanted to hit on but i forgot anyway um yeah this is one of those as average as average you can get yeah for Damn. me so i'm i'm so i'm, at I'm like so a left five. out here <laughs> are you what I, I i did six six i can be, i can be talked uh, up to a six honestly damn this one i was at a, be, i won't be the one you to at? do it <laughs> i was at an eight oh, an wow. eight <laughs> yeah dead serious shit just for the All two right. train songs <laughs> it, yeah that's, no like seriously <laughs> Like dead serious. All right. Um, so this one, since like it's not unanimous, it's it's closer to a six. So, yeah, that's what we'll we'll end up right. giving it. So it's like a six point three. And since we round, right. yeah, whichever way it's closer. Um, yeah. So we'll we'll be giving this a six. If I okay, maybe if I had to be on, dude. Okay, if I had to, okay. (laughs) If I'm really thinking about it, it's more so a seven. You're, I'm, I'm I'm being a little, yeah. Six either way. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, true. But like, I I think I've come down from my train high, and um, (laughs) I think I I think I I will like, even though Caleb says, you know, like, you know, it's not. What did you say? It's what non. I don't know English today. What the you soundtrack? See, yeah, you said it was non something. Or am I just losing my mind here? I think you're just losing your mind. I don't know what <laughs> you're right, talking cool. about. That's cool. All right. Um but yeah, if, if I I will um I will I will be at more so a seven. So there we go. Okay. All right. Well then are you happy, still averages out are, to a six. Are you happy now, Caleb? <laughs> Oh man, dude, that that could have been a, a freaking fight <laughs> right there. <laughs> oh All right. shit! Next up, we got costumes. Um, <clears throat> uh, that alien costume just takes it down a couple notches for me. <laughs> Everything else could be fantastic. That alien costume just just mm. is rough, man. <laughs> seriously though at first i thought it was just like an animated thing but then i saw jeff goldblum with like the head off and i was like what the fuck is this (laughs) (laughs) well i think (laughs) so i think like when we see jeff goldblum like with the the mask off i think that's like what the the suit's supposed to look like behind the scenes sure and then what we saw was like how it looked in like the TV production. Yeah. Because like 
or whatever the hell that was. So that that was my justification for like the differences, because like, I mean, you had like the real skinny, like long, lanky. Yeah, limbs I was gonna say like and, nothing against Jeff Goldblum, Goldblum, but he is not that um, slim when it comes to his figure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think there was a, a difference between like the stage play and what we were seeing with like the the studio production. Yeah, so that that like I said, that was my justification for it. Like whether or not that's that was the case, like who knows? But <laughs> yeah, um, everyone else, though, I mean, their their uh, attire was appropriate yeah. for that's it's tonal. So it's like uh, they have to they definitely have to stick to a certain color tone with their their. What is it? They take place in the, the 70s or something like that. Uh I'd say 60s, 70s. 60s, 70s. Um, Steve Carell with that visor thing that he has. Oh, my God. I loved that so much. Um, Dude, my grandma yeah. used to have one of those. Same. <laughs> Very, like, New Mexican Western kind of look to it. They they all have, like, that little, that little necktie, like, thing. <laughs> um, when did you guys save the time period? Was it, like, like 60s, 70s? That's what uh, I was thinking. On Wikipedia, it says 1950s. 50s. Okay. okay. Wow. I could see that, too. Yeah. Um, All right. I mean, it's it's decent, it looks like. Yeah. I mean, it was time appropriate. I don't think there was any, like, outstanding costume. I think I'd be somewhere in, like, the seven range. I can I can agree with that. Yeah, sure. Let's, let's do that. <laughs> All right. And last up, we got our own personal scores. So who wants to. Um, if you're talking about the if you're talking about like Wes Anderson movies as holes and everything like that. Um, am I going to be watching this again? Probably not. Um, I don't think I'm going to be running back to do it. I think I got all I needed from this movie. Um I don't think it was a terrible movie. Um, I enjoyed it. I had fun. Um, it had some good elements to it. Um, uh, it's yeah, like I said, it's not it's not at the top of my list though. I think I would give it. I think I would give it as a total score, personal score, probably seventy nine. To be honest with you. All right, Rose. Um. So like I said earlier, this is like my first live action Wes Anderson movie. Uh, only seen as two animated films, Fantastic Mr. Fox and uh, Isla Dogs. And well, I definitely agree with what you guys said. Um, I feel like it was a good introduction for me. Um, I definitely yeah. look forward to checking out uh, all the other titles um, that you gave me, Mikey and Caleb. Um, so like it, it definitely got me excited to see more of this uh, style of his uh, work. Uh, so I think I'm just slightly higher than Mikey. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to go on 81. Mm. Oh man. I, I won't say I hated it, but I didn't even with like the reflection that I've had, I, I do think it, it's a, a better movie than what I initially came out of it thinking it was. But 
this is definitely one I'm probably never going to see again. Right. If if I see it for anything, it's going to be to listen to the director's commentary. Yeah. But if that if that doesn't exist, I'm no way. I'm <laughs> I'm not coming back to it. And for me, this is like one of the more below average movies I've seen. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I'm actually going to give this a seventy. <laughs> Oh, wow. Wow. Damn. Yeah. I mean, I, I liked it more than bros, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm sorry. I did not care at all for that movie. Here's the thing. I thought that this movie was going to be a lot. I, I came out of it thinking it was worse than what I thought it was going to be going in. I think that was probably expectations going into this movie. Um, I also think I had more going in because I worked on the pop-up event here in LA for it. And I built, I recreated a lot of set pieces for this. So I had a little bit more wow. like personal investment in it and wanting to like, wanting it to be amazing. <laughs> so I think that disappointed me a little bit too. <laughs> that is so freaking cool, man. That you did yeah. That? We redid the entire uh, cafe and then we wow. redid a couple of the cabins, those white cabins and stuff like that built a couple Dude. of the carts for like the main fair event when they, the alien has been sighted here and they had, it started coming through. Oh, and we redid like a miniature part of the crater with like that little, um, stage set up with the podium and stuff like that. I rebuilt that. So Dude, oh, that that's so sick. badass. Yeah. It looked really cool. If you, if you Google, um, Los Angeles, West or, or asteroid city pop up, you'll see, you'll see pictures of it. Dude, I'm definitely nice. looking that up. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, that concludes this week's breakdown. So going through these categories, starting off with story, it did it did not have a strong start. We were sitting at a 77. Yeah, makes sense. Um, writing got a pretty significant boost sitting at an 84.33. Um, acting got a little boost from that as well, sitting at a very solid 88. Character development took a bit of a dive, sitting at a 79.67. Um, our effects score jumped right back up, sitting at an 88.67. Um, music, we ended up averaging out to a 6 out of 10. Uh, costumes was a unanimous decision with a seven out of 10 and our personal score brought down by me was <laughs> sitting at a 76.67. So with that, the final all bros and failing Hollywood letter grade for asteroid city has come out to a drum noise, drum noise, drum noise, drum noise, drum noise, drum noise, drum noise. <laughs> I feel it's not as loud on this table, so I got to get like a miniature drum set, dude. That's what I need to do. I just need to get like a little sound. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think I got a thing. I, I have a horn, <laughs> but I, I don't think that kind of goes with the, uh, I don't have the drums though. <laughs> I have crickets. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know what I could play for this. That's close to drum. So. <laughs> Love right, it I ended up coming out to a B minus. Okay. That's not bad. Yeah, it 
it. Let's see. I have, what a, our I have a feeling it's like a soft B minus. Is it? It's on the softer side. So our cutoff oh. for a B minus is an eighty. This ended up getting an eighty-one point one six. Oh wow! Okay. Okay. So, I mean, it's it's a full percentage. It's like it's got a full percentage uh, pillow. Yeah. Um, what I really want to see is what's in front and what's behind it. <laughs> Let's be real. Like, <laughs> that's how yeah, we that, really know how we did. <laughs> that's true. Yep. It's very true. All right. Um, oh, where'd it go? So, Asteroid City. Like I said, sitting at an 81.16, uh, sitting at a B minus. So this is like right in the middle. So this is all these other movies are going to be B minus movies. Um, so it is sitting below the Matrix Reloaded. It is below Birds of Prey. It Okay. Yeah, it's sitting below the bad guys. Oh, that's that Ryan Gosling movie, or no? That um, that's the good guys. the The bad guys is the uh, DreamWorks animated. <laughs> <That's cool>. <laughs> <laughs> Alan, when you said it, I was like, "All right, that was a valid." <laughs> All right. Um, it is below Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Yeah, which really? funny oh. enough, you were you were on. Yeah, hmm. um, and then it is also below Spiral. I don't know what that is. Uh, I might. I don't know. That's like the one that I would disagree with. I'd probably put this above Spiral. Uh, Spiral's the the Chris Rock uh, Saw movie that came out. If you're um, really here, okay. let's do one that I think you might know. It's below Rogue One. Well, uh, Rogue One got a B minus. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck you guys. Are you serious? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, we, right, we get that. that. What the fuck? We get that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we get that a lot. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> All right, going the opposite direction. <laughs> Uh, it is sitting above Peter Pan and Wendy. Okay, thank yep. God. Uh, it is sitting above Deadpool 2. Mm, I would watch Deadpool again. I didn't. Yeah. I forgot Deadpool 2 was that low. I know. Yeah. I did too, but uh, let's see. It is above Dune. I'm cool with that. <laughs> I'm cool with that too, but I know a lot of people are not. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, that um, was just doing, right? boring as fuck to me. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah it's it was, the new it was one. super boring. I, every time I talk about that on our, my podcast, too, like I, I'm very unpopular opinion there. I was like, we don't need a second part. We didn't even need a first part. No. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, yeah. Um, all right, let's see. It's above the original Top Gun. Nah, sorry, that's a classic. <laughs> no way, <laughs> dude. B minus is probably where things get like super controversial. Yeah. B B is a little bit more like okay. B plus is a little bit like a, a bit more agreeable. Yeah. Um, and then like our A minus and A movies are are. 
pretty agreeable, but yeah, B minus and I think C plus are usually where things get like a little yeah. dicey. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. It's also above Nomad Land. I mean, that was a trash movie, so yeah, <laughs> I get that. Man, nobody shits in a bucket next Damn. to their bed. I'm sorry. <laughs> that doesn't. I lived in a van for six months. That doesn't happen. <laughs> The only van for like a mile and you're still shitting in your van next to your fucking bed. <laughs> Disgusting. I think I need to watch that movie again because I haven't no, watched this in two or three. <laughs> no, like, I, feel, like, I feel like mine and Caleb's like um, or grades were just like so different that I'm just like, maybe I hyped it up a little too much or something like that. I should probably revisit it. Lot, but, you know was, what? That, that good, movie was good point. overhyped. That movie was super overhyped throughout. I mean, they, I don't know. I think they just got like, it went off like, oh my God, check out this movie Francis McDermott did for like less than a quarter million dollars. It's fantastic. And it, it really, it was really stretching. You know? yeah. That's supposed, that was supposed to be, I mean, the only thing they have going for it, I guess, is character development. But realistically, I don't think it has that going for it either because at the end of the movie, she ends up exactly where she started off. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I don't that's know. true. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, uh, that's a for a different show, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that was the, like, like just talking about like from like our podcast perspective, that was also the one episode where I had the hardest time coming up with something to do for the artwork. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I was I like, I remember that. I was like, screw it. And just did something like super basic. Like, I think I put it like the back of a van. Yeah. Like sticker. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was going to say. Like on a van or something like that. <laughs> yeah. It is lame. But yeah. So that's where, uh, where it ended up ranking. Nice. Yeah. I think this one's a little less controversial than it's last okay. week's. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, with that, um, I think that wraps this episode up. So thank you to everyone that has listened. Mikey, would you like to tell everyone where they can find you and everything that you do? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we are failing Hollywood. Um, we're a podcast of prop dudes that just do a show with a lot of different people on. Our guest list for next week is, or not next week, I guess, because we're going to have a bunch banked. Um, and a couple weeks is going to be pretty fantastic. We have a Mighty Duck we're interviewing. Oh, shit. That's An awesome. actual Mighty Duck is coming to the studio um, and we're interviewing him. So, Come and check out for that. We have a dude that that was a contestant on The Circle coming in. If you like Netflix reality television shows, you'll you'll be in for that. So yeah, yeah, we're we're having conversations with people. It's going to be great in the film industry about film stuff. You can check us out on Podbean on all the streaming platforms wherever. Um, check us out on Facebook at Failing Hollywood, Instagram Failing Hollywood. We're now on TikTok. We're on TikTok now. Also at Failing yeah. Hollywood. So go check that out on all the socials and stuff like that. You'll be able to find me there. Hell yeah. All right. And if you want to hear more of, of our stuff as well, be sure to follow and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. We are basically everywhere. Um, we are on Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, or is it 
Is it still Twitter or is it X now? It's X now. It's X. Okay, so we're on Facebook, X, Instagram, and TikTok, um, all at the All Bros. We are, well, we're on Letterboxd now, too. Oh, nice. Yeah, I'm doing a bad job of keeping up with it, but we're on yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, we. I do all Letterboxd also. Mine just looks like a crazy person, though, because of all the Nick Cage. Love, dude, love yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so you can find us there. Um, uh, if you want to hit us up with an episode idea, want to join us for an episode, or uh, want to answer our question of the week, be sure to follow and subscribe on any of those social medias. Uh, you can also find links to everything that we do, tinyurl.com forward slash the all bros. One day we will be getting a, a big boy <laughs> website once I figure out how to do that. <laughs> um, oh, balls. I probably should have pulled that script up, but I don't. Anyway, yeah. So you can find links to everything that we do. Uh, next week, uh, we will be breaking down, I think it's a, I don't know who who produced it. Like, it seems like it might be DreamWorks, but I don't think it's DreamWorks. It's uh, it's on Netflix. It's a movie called Nimona. Mm. Um, and it looks super good. Super excited to, to see it. Um, so, yeah, we'll be breaking that down next week. Um, but until then, this has been the All Bros podcast. I'm Caleb and I'm Jonathan. And we will catch you guys next week. Deuces. So long. Now oh, you're lame. Ah, screw <laughs> you. All right.